Good evening and welcome to El Elsa Fumar Takes. This is our 150th take live from the HF Barcelona studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, so privileged, and yes, so honored to be with you all tonight. This is an amazing show. This is a milestone show, and it could not be represented any better with our amazing guest that we have tonight. And before I get to formal introductions of him, I do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that of course is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate unveiled the Liga Pravada Unico Serie Bauhaus for the, as a European exclusive for the European market. The basic tenet of the Bauhaus architectural movement is that every object must have a purpose in design. The new Liga Pravada Bauhaus short Robusto pays extra attention to leaf placement within the cigar, intentionally designed to take uh, our European aficionados through a newly curated experience. Bauhaus is a short Robusto that is wrapped in a rich, earthy Connecticut broadleaf kappa, includes a bold Brazilian binder, and is completed using filler tobaccos from Honduras and Nicaragua. So check out the European market for the Liga Pravada Bauhaus short Robusto from Drew Estate. And tonight's show is also sponsored by Oveja Negra Bands, four unique companies who share a passion to provide innovative cigars for the next generation for cigar enthusiasts. Black Label Trading Company, Blackwork Studio, Dissonant, and Emilio are combining premium tobaccos with an artisanal touch. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock and visit ovejanegracigars.com to learn more. And welcome, everyone. We are so pleased to welcome you all in for our 150th take. It is my honor to introduce tonight's guest, who is, of course, sponsored by United Cigars, Smoke One Today, and Start Living United, the founder and president of Perdomo Cigars, Nick Perdomo Jr. Nick, how are we doing tonight? Bear, I'm doing great. Thanks you. Thank you for having me, and congratulations on your 150th show. That's that is a milestone. Uh, it is. It has been a long time in the making. I will say that for sure. Um, I would be remiss if I did not thank all the amazing people that made up the previous 149 takes. Um, which uh, I've mentioned my guests on a number of shows, but there's so many things that I want to get to you tonight, and and I want to celebrate my 150th take in fashion. Uh, so I, I I was so pleased and so honored when you agreed to do this show, Nick. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Thanks for the audience for staying up us us East Coasters. It's uh it's late for a lot of the guys. I'm glad a lot of the guys are tuning in. So thank you, Bear. Oh, absolutely. So I I, I kind of want to just uh, start things a little a little light here, uh, Nick. I'm really excited to light up my cigar and something this I didn't tell you this before the show. Uh, I am I am smoking this cigar for the very first time, and I know it's been getting uh, rave reviews from absolutely everyone. So I am stoked to try it. Uh, the new Perdomo Reserva Sun Grown 10th Anniversary, which I believe uh, you have as well. All right, I'm going to join you, my friend. I got one right here. Okay. <laughs> I'm 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 so excited about this cigar, um, and uh, I've got a, I've got the Maduro as well on deck. So we're uh, we're we're kind of uh, building for tonight. But I'm, 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 I mean, this is, this was a cigar. I mean, it was a long time in the making for you guys. And I mean, I mean, we've, we've talked quite a bit about it. I mean, it's been talked about, excuse me, quite a bit, uh, but I'd, I'd like to give it a little bit more attention that it's due here right now. I mean, what, you know, when you guys decided that you wanted to re-blend it, you know, as, as Noir and Sungrown were kind of being put to sunset for you guys, those were great performing brands I've heard you say before but you wanted to kind of retweak this and everything. What was kind of the, the motivation behind that? 
It was a two-step thing. One of it was I thought the packaging was a little long and the tooth uh, sun-grown and noir had been out for, you know, almost 20 years. And we decided that uh, we we're going to give it a packaging change. This was back in 2018. And I said, you know what? I want to re-blend this. We have some incredible tobaccos about two hours north of us up in the Jalapa Valley. And with these heavy gauge wrappers that I wanted to do, uh, whether it be uh, wrappers or, that were Maduro or Sun Grown, we wanted to come up with really a new cigar. And uh, we're proud, you know, I've talked about this before, you know, I got a tasting panel that's uh, definitely seasoned vets fair. I mean, we got almost 370 years of experience between all of us. And for us to come to a consensus is pretty, pretty incredible. A lot of the guys out there have probably heard this, but this is probably one of the first times in our history that we actually had a consensus where everybody simply loved the new 10th anniversary Sun Grown, and for that matter, the new 10th anniversary Maduro. We knew it was going to be a winner. We decided we were going to bring it out in January because our, our partners in the Netherlands were a little bit behind. We were, They said, we'll have this between February and March. Well, of course, COVID hit, and we had to wait, and we ended up releasing them at, at the end of August and, uh, you know, having a month of August, September, October, November, December, having five months. This is actually the biggest launch in the history of Pernoma cigars outside of Pernoma Reserve Champagne. The, uh, the, the, the output's been incredible from, from our consumers and our retailers and the demand on the cigar has been something we never really estimated. But what was really unique about the cigar bear is we actually had these in the aging rooms for over 13 months before we released them. Because of because of what happened, and uh, it, it's hitting on all cylinders. I'm really proud of it. I hope you enjoy it. I I'm very much looking forward to it, and I I had I didn't have much opportunity to smoke it until now, just because, as you know, Nick, and uh, it's been it's been incredibly successful for you for you. It's it's been selling out like crazy. I mean, I remember watching an interview that you did, and I took part in another one, where you literally had two cigars, and that was it. So, uh, so it was, it was being, you know, it was every, every last bit of it was being shipped out to your consumers and to your, and to the retailers. And, uh, it's just been, uh, it's been wildly successful for you. So, I mean, congratulations to you before I even kind of get into this. Uh, I, I think it's, I think that's more than well-deserved 13 months in the aging humidor. I mean, were you, were you at all worried with the, the extra aging process that that would change this, this consensus that you all were so proud of? A little bit because we always age the cigars a minimum six months. You got to remember the fillers, binders, and wrappers. We grow ourselves. So we follow our intense curing practices, fermentation practices, and our aging practices. So I knew the cigar would be actually a little more smoother if possible because a little extra time in the age room certainly doesn't hurt. I don't think it was necessary, to be honest with you, because of the wear and care we take with, with each of our cigars. But, uh, I certainly, it certainly didn't help. And with the demand that we've been seeing with our retailers all around the country, you know, you talk about um, me only having two today. I have a whopping seven. Janine smoking one, my wife with me here. He's, he's sitting here watching, watching, listening to the show and our salesmen, God bless them. They've done such a phenomenal job. They didn't have samples for three months and uh, they sold millions of cigars with no samples. And uh, that's, that's real kudos to our, to the predominant sales team around the country. Uh, they've done a fantastic job. Uh, absolutely. I mean, hats off to them. And uh, like I said, I finally got the opportunity to get some and it we had already agreed to do this show tonight. And so I've been holding on to these show these cigars for a couple of weeks now and I've been chomping at the bit. Uh, so I apologize I wanted... for me not getting you some. I should have got you. Some. Oh, no, 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 no apologies needed. I know. 
I, I, I find, and I think, I think you can appreciate this considering uh, you're the, you're the man who made these. Um, I find that, uh, you know, there's a lot of times where cigars kind of get overhyped in my head and, and that, that doesn't necessarily play well sometimes, but I find that uh, the patience uh, is definitely rewarding. So I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I've already a couple of puffs in. Um, I, I have to say like in, in compared to some comparison to a couple of other blends that I enjoy of yours, um, the, the pepper that resonates on the retro hail is, is beautifully bright. And there's this really nice lush sweetness as well that kind of accompanies it. Um, that isn't, you know, too far off, you know, some of my other favorite blends of yours, but definitely, definitely unique. So definitely, uh, there's definitely some different tobaccos in here that you were talking about. Um, I've heard you brag about the Jalapa region specifically on, on, on previous times. Are, are you just really enjoying the tobacco that's coming out of that, uh, out of those farms of yours up there? I really am. I've been growing tobacco there for 21 years, but uh, I had really some incredible crops from 2014, 2014, 15 and 16 crop that I've been holding that I really wanted to use on, on a particular cigar. And that's how we came up with the new 10th anniversary. Um, and we started with a farm named after my beautiful wife a couple of years ago. And I wanted to put some, some elements into that a little bit topography a little bit different up in the valley up almost on the on the border up there and together with our tobaccos from Esteli and, and Comdega I wanted to come up with something really different and you hit it right on the head you taste that sweetness you get that spiciness it's just it's a really inter it, it really intertwines it really is it's a great balance and uh, I love it I'm smoking one now I don't get to smoke many of them um, I just believe that I know this sounds crazy I own the company and everything but I really want the cigars for you and, and you know we want our consumers to enjoy them and uh what's the old saying don't smoke your own stash it's we gotta we gotta wait you know our german distributors were really angry at us there because um they've been waiting for almost six months and uh you know i felt bad about it but you know i've always told our distributors america first and uh we made sure that we we took care of of, of our clientele in the united states and now we're blessed we're able to distribute them all throughout Europe right now. And uh, it's been such a successful brand. I really gotta thank all of you out there that are listening. I, I mean, it's just, it's really taken over. I, I would have never imagined how good the cigar has been, been really well accepted and received. A lot of people are already talking about it. Cigar of the year here, cigar of the year there. I'm just happy that our retailers are happy and our consumers are happy. You know, you can't ask for more than that. I mean, this really is two years in a row where, I mean, it has been, I mean, uh, the the you know the redoing of the ESV, uh, particularly I mean, the Maduro has gotten a lot of praise uh, in from some of my colleagues in the media, but just overall among consumers. And then with this kind of a back to back showing, I mean, you you have to be, I mean, know oh, you're always incredible, uh, incredibly proud of the work that you do, but I mean, you just have to be just over the moon about this uh, this recent this uh, these recent turnouts, right? I really am. And our, 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 our greatest assets definitely our employees. Our employees have done a phenomenal job. You can imagine when you get in the top 25 with a magazine like Cigar Journal, which I have a lot of respect for, they, they literally test a thousand brands from all over the world with 63 different, uh, 64 different tasters. It's really a, a real wide scope of, of tasting. And listen, you always want to be number one, but I look back at it and I look last year, uh, you know, uh, Perdomo ESV because it gets number two and the, the, or, I'm sorry this year and then last year was Perdomo Habano Connecticut two years in a row we come in number two out of the top 25 best cigars in the world 
you know, I got to be happy about that too. We always want to be number one, but it's like, I was talking, I said, man, I wish we'd be number one. They said, Nick, you're number two, twice, two years in a row with a, with a, with a, with a tasting panel, 64 that tests cigars all around the world. You got to be happy. And I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. We're, we're just blessed. We've had a phenomenal 2020. And as far as sales of cigars and uh, the company keeps growing and uh, we're really blessed. And with my son coming on board and, and everybody else, I am over the moon. I think you hit it around the head. And I want to thank everybody out there for that. That's a fact. So, um, my, uh, Nick, as we were talking about uh, my employer at Michael's Tobacco, who you've been friends with for years, uh, Mike Peacock, um, one, of my, one of my favorite stories about Mike, and uh, just I, I, I hear him say this over and over again in my head. It was just one of the... The funniest moments and uh, best moments I've ever had with him. And, and as you know, and as I've recounted a couple of times on the show, he, he starts his day every day with a Perdomo cigar. And uh, it's, it's, it's a time-honored tradition for him. And there was a time where I would do, I was opening on Saturday mornings. And so it was just Mike and I just kind of start the day and he would always have his Perdomo cigar. And um, he, uh, he, in a very, very rare occurrence, he actually was running late one day and I actually showed up before him. It was an unbelievable miracle because that never happens. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was there and I was smoking a cigar uh, that wasn't one of yours, uh, but I was smoking a cigar that was relatively new on the market, I think. And, uh, and uh, he comes, he comes in, he's like, Hey, what do you, you know, we exchange greens. He's like, Hey, what are you smoking? And he's like, Hey, I haven't had that yet. What do you think? And I said, Oh, blah, blah. And I, and, uh, you know, I started talking about it. And I said, well, you know, it's a good cigar to kind of start the day off. You want me to get you one? And he just, and you know, Mike Peacock, and for the people in our audience who may or may not know him, and just picture a man who's just very, plays his cards close to the vest, very stoic, has a good sense of humor, but very, just very stoic. And he just looks at me deadpan. And he just says with this, this kind of jovial nature that I don't think I've ever heard repeated before, repeated again since, bear, it's Perdomo time. <laughs> and I, I nearly, I nearly lost it. I, I, I was just like the, it was just the, one of the funniest moments in the world for me. And so of course I went to the humidor promptly and got him his, uh, his customary Perdomo to, to start the day. Uh, foolish me for, for, for just, for suggesting otherwise. I apologize. Uh, I apologize to both him and to you. Well, Mike's a great guy. I've known him for over 20 years and, uh, He's a phenomenal retailer in the Dallas area, as you well know, and uh, his, his son's doing a great job, Bob, over at the, at the other store. They're, they just do a great job, and they're great friends. I know, I know that they, uh, they speak very highly and very fondly of you, and I know that uh, they're, they're, they, uh, they treasure your friendship uh, for sure, Nick. So I, I know, something you have been doing for a number well, of likewise. years. Something you have been doing for a number of years as well, um, and I'm kind of interested. I know that everyone kind of talks about it, and a lot of people have actually even heard you play, you know, at the trade shows and everything. Uh, but you know, your background in drumming, your background was in music before you kind of got into the the cigar industry. You, of course, you know, served proudly in the United States Navy uh, before your career in uh, the premium cigar industry. But uh, but I, I think your was your first love music. Well, I've always loved music. I still do. Drums to me right now are the biggest stress reliever for me. You know, you hit them. It's nice. It's like you're banging on something and uh, it releases a lot of stress and I still love it as much as I ever have. And, uh, you know, I, I, I put my headsets on. I got a big PA system in my office and uh, it's, it's nice to be able to play drums to the great music. And sometimes I'm fortunate enough to play with some, some cats that are really good and, 
and this old guy still enjoys it very much. That's really wonderful. When did when did you actually start playing? Do you? I mean, when you were a kid or yeah, I, later? Oh yeah, yeah. I started fifty years ago, believe it or not. And, uh, played in a lot of different bands and jazz ensembles and and so on. And uh, now I'm I'm happy to play, you know, Journey and Led Zeppelin and Tears for Fears and things like that. And I'm, you know, it, it's still a lot of fun for me. I, I have three drum sets in my office. So uh, I still have my original 1971 Ludwig drum set that my mom and dad bought me. And a good friend of mine with Sonar Drums and Mapec Drums, Jerry Goldson, was kind enough to refurbish it for me. Thank you for that, Jerry. And it looks pristine. I still have it in my office next to a Polaroid picture of mine when I was 11 years old playing. Um, so that was actually going to be something I asked you was, you know, like, our, I mean, Pearl gets a lot of play. You know, Ludwig is a very, you know, Tama, Yamaha, I mean, what, what do you, I mean, have you played them all or do you, do you kind of stick to uh, the, to the same brand? Well, I, I have a Ludwig set. I have a Pearl set. Um, you know, there's some great drums out there. There's a good, uh, Jerry was great enough to give me a, a beautiful Mapex uh, snare drum from my uh, friend, Jeff Hamilton, who's probably one of the greatest jazz drummers in the world. And uh, there's so many great drums out there, but you know, you got Sonar, you got Mapex, you got Pearl, you got Ludwig. There's, there's just so many great drums. So right now, I mean, what I like to play is I got my big Pearl set eventually. I think I'm gonna get a, a nice Sonar set. And uh, those are probably my three favorites right now. Uh, one of my very good friends, uh, uh, Eric Gustafson, uh, who I know enjoys your cigars as well. He, because uh, I've bought a number of them for him over the years, um, but uh, he's a, he's also a drummer as well. He'd be uh, he'd be really upset with me if I didn't ask you what kind of symbols you also used. Are you a Zildjian guy? I, I was for many years, but now I'm playing with Sabian, Andy Zildjian, who who's the president of Sabian, has been very kind to me, and uh, I really enjoy their stuff. I mean, Sabian, I mean, look, look Zildjian's a great symbol, but. Uh, I'm really happy with the Sabian hand hammered stuff that I'm playing with right now. It's fantastic. You know, Sabian something that I've, you know, I, I, I of course know up uh, next to nothing about drum uh, drummings per se, but you know, I've heard a lot of renowned drummers and give a lot of praise to Sabian over the years. And they're, I think they're kind of slowly taking a huge footprint away from Sildjian. Cause I mean, Sildjian just has dominated symbols for literally hundreds of years. Cause they've been around for literally hundreds of years. Um, but it's, uh, it's interesting to hear a lot of musicians kind of, you know, you know, drifting over to same and everything. And I think it's, I think it speaks to the quality of the product that they're kind of putting out. Oh yeah. Very good. Excellent. Excellent products. Well, Nick, um, that kind of leads us into tonight's major point, which of course, uh, our major point is brought to you by Wood Butcher Maine, introducing durable and attractive wooden creations for your kitchen, backyard grill, and home using native Maine wood and other exotic wood species. Wood Butcher Maine's products include butcher blocks, cutting boards, coasters, grill grate cleaners, and an El from our favorite, the Red Oak Cigar Ashtray and Cocktail Coaster, plus many more. The Wood Butcher Maine's team's passion for food, the pine tree state, and craftsmanship of the highest quality show in absolutely every piece. Visit woodbutchermaine.com. Yes, that's woodbutchermaine.com to learn about the current collection so nick i kind of dubbed this uh this major point um because you have i mean we could literally be here for days talking about the incredible journey and story uh that makes up perdomo cigars um but i kind of dubbed this section this the perdomo story that bear wants to know so we're gonna we've we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the green room but i i have a number of subjects that i kind of want to hit on 
um, that I think are very, I, I feel are very important. And I'm just interested to hearing a little bit more from your perspective on it. Um, so the, the first thing is, is, and this is something, and again, this is, this is my opinion here talking about it, but I think that the, the, the quiet influence that you've had in the cigar industry has been quiet for too long. I feel like you do not nearly get enough credit as you deserve. Uh, you've built up an incredible brand. We've talked about, we've already mentioned the Perdomo Army tonight and uh, the incredible following consumers and retailers uh, around the world that uh, cherish the, pro the incredible products that you make that we're enjoying tonight as well. Um, but what a lot of people don't know, and I feel, I feel it's a, I feel it is a shame is the fact that you have actually helped build and helped start a lot of the found what we would consider pillars in the industry today. And it was, it was with your help, your assistance, your guidance that helped bring a lot of brands and industry icons to the kind of the, to the status that they hold today. So I, I kind of wanted to explore a couple of these and, and with that, I, I wanted to, I actually asked, I asked a number of people, to provide me with uh, some some thoughts about you personally. And I'm gonna end it with one that I will quote uh, personally. The rest of these were done anonymously. I just, I said, I, I wanna just ask your opinion about what do you think of Nick Perdomo? And here's a couple that I've got. Uh, one person said the, uh, he's very opinionated, but without a doubt backs every single word that he says up 100%. Brilliant businessman. He's just like his cigars, reliable and consistent. And from the late Yano Oz Jenner, Nick's a genius. So how do you, before we kind of dive into your influence in the industry here, Nick, how do you feel about some of those quotations? Other touchy, you know, I don't know if I'm so opinion. I think I get a, I get, I get a bad rap a lot of times. I, uh, <clears throat> look. I, I'd love to hang out with a lot of my competitors. A lot of times I can't. I think there was a big misconception in Nicaragua in the early 90s. He doesn't like to go around and, you know, hang out and drink beer with us. You know, my father wasn't well at the time, and I wanted to spend as much time as I, I could with my dad. And I'm a, I'm a big family guy, as, as a lot of people know. But, I mean, there's some great – I mean, for John O'Oskin to, to call me a genius, I'm certainly not. But, um, you know, my, my I think probably the nicest compliment is someone who said that, uh, I'm like our cigars, reliable and consistent, and uh, that's very important to me. I, you know, listen, I had a great example from my mom and dad, and uh, a great example when I served in the military on on reliability and so on. And I think today, you know, it really leads me to to be better and better in the cigar world as a family man, as a father, and as, as a husband also, and as a friend. So uh, I think those are kind attributes. And listen, I uh, th I thank all, the, all everybody out there who who said the kind words. It's probably hard because most of the people you probably asked were were competitors. Competitors don't like to talk too good about people. And listen, in my stage of my career, I've been doing this for three decades. Um, I have a lot of respect for my for my competition and uh, and and really respect for everybody out there that that really smokes our cigars. And I love our Perdomo Army. They've been consistent. And listen, we really don't advertise much. I mean, really, the, the people that built our brands were the, all those retailers worldwide and, and those consumers out there that, that have supported them. And from the bottom of our hearts, not just mine, you know, thank you for that. Now, you've really, you have really built up an incredible legacy over three, uh, three almost three decades here, Nick. And, and, and it, it's it, the legacy that runs deep within the cigar industry specifically. So I mentioned the late, uh, the late Oz Jenner a moment, moment ago. 
when he called you a genius. And this was from a time that you guys worked, you guys worked together hand in hand, uh, specifically on the, the line, law anniversary line uh, years and years ago before they even sold to, uh, they sold to general, obviously a number of years after that. And C CAO, I mean, for a lot of people today, CAO is just, is, is a, is a brand that's part of the general portfolio. And it's still, it still has that iconic kind of, reverence about it but it was really built on much like your own brand a hugely loyal uh consumer base and when you started working with the oz jenners i mean i mean it they were about just as hot of a brand at the time um as is anything else on the market can you explain like how that actually went down and how you know how you ended up working with with alongside with them and how you helped build their brand to what it is today this was so many years ago. This was during the time of the Dallas Big Smoke, believe it or not. So that tells you how many years ago. It was probably about a little over 20 years ago. And John Osner called me up and said, listen, we're making cigars in, in Costa Rica. Our cigars are really, really hot right now. But we just can't get production. We know how you make cigars. Would you be interested? And I said, sure. We took their production from 275,000 cigars to over 3 million cigars in 18 months. And uh, they were hitting all cylinders. So you're right there. That was probably the hottest brand in America right after the boom. And I was proud to be be part of that. You know, the greatest president in the world, Ronald Reagan, said, it doesn't matter who gets the credit as long as the job gets done. And I'm really happy that we had to help. We got to help a lot of people. I believe in karma and I certainly believe in God. I believe that if you do good by people, good comes back to you. There were a lot of people in Nicaragua we helped out. My father was really influential in that. and. Uh, you know, with, with the CO adventure, it was it was a great ride for a long time. And then they sold the company. And I, I just, we decided that, uh, you know, prior to that, that, you know, we didn't want to want to deal with, with something like that. We were happy, you know, making the cigars. There was a certain way we wanted to make the cigars for them. And they wanted to go a different avenue because I mentioned they wanted to, to sell the company, which is which is fine. So they went with, a, with another manufacturer. We were good with it, too, because we were growing exponentially at the same time. In reality, like anything, you know, our priority was was our brand. So it was it was a great marriage. And we and we were, you know, unfortunately John who passed away, but I still periodically talk to Tim and I only wish the best for them. And they did a great job while they were in the industry. And I'm happy that they were happy with us making cigars for them. You know, one of the other quotes that I didn't mention uh, was and you mentioned about the that you're uh, the Oz Jenner's fan of your work and how they they came to you because of because of the production difficulties that they were having elsewhere. You know, another another person mentioned about about your described you as relentless, continually and undistractingly involved in every single step of the process. Now that's a lot of steps because I actually got this number straight from your website. There's 3,054 steps, if I'm not mistaken, that take your cigars from seed to what we're smoking right now. Um, and that includes all the packaging, marketing and cellophane and everything. Um, that's a lot of steps to keep your eye on. Um, but yet you still have, you still manage to, uh, uh, you still manage to uh, build some of these incredible relationships uh, and help build some of these brands. Are, um, are you uh, having trouble finding your lighter? My, my, uh, my earphone box, that little white box, I just had it with me. Hold on a second. No I want, problem. There it is. Okay, now I hear you. 
these these things don't last good when it when it comes to Wi-Fi. But uh, you hear me, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely, hundred percent. And I'm sorry, I had lost I lost your question. If you could repeat it again, I appreciate. No, it. I, what I was saying was uh, was um, the fact that one of another person had described your relentless attention to every aspect and every step of the process. And if I was not mistaken, there's three thousand fifty four steps that make up a Perdomo cigar from seed to what we're smoking right now. And that's a lot of steps. And in the meantime, you still helped kind of build some of these brands that we were talking about. Another one, which is incredibly popular still to this day uh, is uh, um, much like CAO, but much different path than CAO, not too dissimilar, but a different path. Nonetheless, Drew Estate. Um, Jonathan Drew has recounted that he actually spent uh, many a nights on, on, you know, at your own home as he was kind of learning the business and you brought him in, welcomed with open arms and helped him, uh, uh, helped show him the roads. And now, I mean, now look what that company is. I mean, that, that has to make you incredibly proud on a number of levels. Oh, sure. And I'm very proud of Jonathan. He worked hard and, uh, Listen, I remember when he was a young fellow, he didn't really know much, but he was like a sponge. He wanted to learn. And uh, my father was there, I think, very influential in his life. I think they even have a etched in glass, of, uh, a mural of my father in their, in their factory, my dad. And uh, listen, you got to give everybody a shot. I was one of those guys who started out of a garage. And I just believe you have to walk the walk before you talk the talk. Yeah, I'm relentless because... Look, at my stage in my career, Bear, the only thing I really care about is that our consumers are happy and confident with smoking each and every Perdomo cigar. It's going to be consistent. And I want our retailers to be extremely confident to be able to sell a Perdomo cigar. Nothing makes me more happy when someone says, you know what? I've been smoking cigars for 20 years or 20 days, and I've never smoked a bad Perdomo cigar. I think that's the reason we work so hard, you know? Absolutely. And I, I definitely echo the sentiments. Like I was telling you that I'm proud to say, I'm proud to say this on the show. I was telling you this before the green room. I, we're going to get into the makeup of Perdomo cigars here in just a few minutes, but um, I'm, I'm proud to say that I've, I've smoked an, hundreds of your cigars in, in my smoking time. And, uh, and I, and I can honestly say this with a straight face and complete honesty. I've, I've never had a poorly constructed cigar uh, made by Perdomo. I mean, it just has never happened, which is just, I mean, it's an incredible feat when you're talking about a man-made product. Well, thank you for that. We make a lot of them and it just shows the hard work and the dedication that our workforce has in Nicaragua and in Miami. I just think in our salesmen around the world, look, you know, it takes 10 years to get a customer. It takes three seconds to lose one. We really think about that every second of the day. And uh, I'm very picky, and I think our consumers and our retailers should be equally as picky. And what I want is I just want to have a product, and when you buy a box, everything performs to your liking. And I think that it's not only deserving, it's, it should be that way. And even though it's a man-made product, um, I think you can, you can perfect things if you continually be relentless about it. In other words, when we make a cigar, we just don't make the cigar, put it in an aging room, and, and color sort it and send it out. Um, you know, we go through a 17-step uh, checklist that we do on each every cigar. So what that means, Bear, is that we actually manually check each cigar 17 times by 17 different specialists, whether it be a wrapper specialist, a filler specialist, a blending specialist. Um, every single cigar is draw tested, checked for the amount of turns, colors, blending. 
I could go on and on and on. And even after the cigars have been boxed, banned in cellophane, we have a circle of trust of four finals. You can see it on the bottom of the box. They actually take every cigar out and recheck everything to make sure the cigars are perfect. And I think that's why we don't get hardly any complaints. Matter of fact, every complaint comes to one guy. It's me. A lot of times, and I call people, and a lot of them will tell me, oh, you're full of shit. That's not you. And I'll say, it is, man. I'll say, okay, I'm an employee of the company. I just want to see what's wrong. And a lot of it's operator error, you know, tearing a band off a cold cigar, not not actually cutting the cigar. Oh, I thought the cigar had a hole in it. Lighting a cigar like on a corner, like a cigarette. That's why I started that YouTube channel of Perdomo Cigars to, to really try to teach from A to Z. And, you know, Bear, it really doesn't matter if you smoke cigars for three days or 30 years. I've noticed that a lot of people incorrectly cut their cigars and incorrectly light their cigars. And a lot of the time, I think it's because they're in a hurry. But why do we smoke cigars? We smoke cigars for enjoyment. We smoke cigars for relaxation. Um, there's no hurry. You know, when I sat in my patio with my wife to light up a cigar, we're in no hurry. If we were, we wouldn't be doing it. We just want to relax and, and, and enjoy, you know, what we do. And we want, we want that same enjoyment to be able to, to be for you, the, the consumer out there. We know how, how expensive cigars are. And we know that your time is very, very precious. So because of that, you know, our team really looks into that. And I really believe relentless is the right word because I believe our whole team is extremely relentless. And um, they really want the best. If, if there's a problem with a product, people take it very personally at our company. It's not, it's a handmade product, all it can happen. No, we don't take it that way. We, uh, you know, satisfaction guaranteed. That's, 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 been, that's been our motto for, for, for 29 years. And we're going to continue that. We're working harder and harder to try to produce the best cigars that money can buy. And we won't stop that. You know, a lot of the words that we've been talking about in the last few minutes, you know, relentless, picky, you know, um, you know, can also be described for this third person that you helped uh, helped along the way and helped you along the way. You, you talked about how, you know, Jonathan Drew was that kid that uh, wanted a shot and you gave it to him. Um, and because you, you know, like you said, full circle, you you were that kid at one point that was going into shops and saying, hey, give a give a kid a shot. And one of one of the shops you stepped into who did give you a shot and it's ended up being an amazing relationship over the last 25 years is is uh, two guys with David Garofalo. Um, you guys have, have built an incredible relationship. In fact, you've made some cigars for him and not to mention the, the last project, which you did this past summer, which is you, you uh, did the famed firecracker uh, for him. Talk a little bit about the relationship that's been, that's built, been built over the last three decades with him. Well, Dave, Dave is a special guy. Like, like everybody in the cigar industry knows, uh, you want to talk about a genius. That's the genius right there. If there ever was one. I mean, the guy, everything he touches turns into gold. And I'll tell you why, because he works his butt off and because he's very relentless and because he cares also. And uh, I always say he's like my brother from another mother. Um, he's just a, he's just a wonderful human being to top it off. Um, he's another one who cares about his workers and his consumers. I remember during the boom, um, Dave would would help retailers around that couldn't get cigars. And one of the things I always tell retailers about United Cigars and Oliver and all their hard work is it's exactly why you should be buying their cigars because of a guy like David. It doesn't matter if he's a retailer. He's a retailer. He's helped other retailers become successful. We didn't have to do it. And God, why wouldn't you want to support a company like United? And I mean, they, they work their asses off and they do a great job. And I'm proud that uh, we've been selling Dave cigars for, for decades. And uh, listen, 
you know, when you could get into a store like that, that demands the best for them to have your product. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a big thing for me. I'm very proud to be selling two guys smoke shop and I'm even more proud to call David Garofalo my friend. You know, one of the thing, one of the things I really wanted to talk about tonight, just kind of t turning the subject just a little bit here, but you know, we talked about those, those are three outstanding stories of people that you've worked with closely over the years. And this, that's just a, a tiny fraction of the people that you've worked with, but, and the, and, and one could definitely argue, in fact, I'll go ahead and say, it, you definitely have changed their lives for the better with what you've done, but you've, again, that's a small fraction of what you've done because you've changed a lot of lives. You know, Perdomo Cigars employs literally thousands of people in Nicaragua, in the town of Esteli. And when you first got there, you know, I, I heard you recount, uh, you know, one of your first visits down there, but you like, there was, there was nothing. There's two cigar factories and there wasn't much of on town. Now this town is fully developed. So many jobs available, so much commerce, dealerships, car dealerships, hotels, restaurants. I mean, it is really, it is really blown up in the last 30, uh, the last 30 years. And, and that's a no short order of what Perdomo Cigars has done. But there's some as a particular story that I wanted to focus on. You know, as, as you know, uh, Nick, I'm a huge fan of the, the documentary Hand Rolled, which you were a part of. Uh, loved, loved the interview parts uh, that, where you were featured. But there was another man who was featured in that, uh, in that documentary who happens to be an employee of yours. His name is Jose Benito Landero. And there's a very specific thing about him that many people might find unusual considering the industry that he works in. He's blind. Yet he's worked for you and he has a family and he supports his family by the work that he does with Perdomo Cigars. So I wanted to, I know that there's a whole story about, uh, about him and about, uh, and about the blind community in Nicaragua. I'd, I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear what Perdomo Cigars has done for them. What happened was several years ago, I was watching TV of all places of my home in Esteli, and I started seeing about the depression rates and the suicide rates of, of the blind in Nicaragua, and it, it really bothered me. And I thought, you know, even though eyesight is so important to tobacco and cigars, well, so is touch and feel and hearing and so on. Everything, all your senses are very important. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to start employing and training blind people and do certain things that I thought they could do. For example, I thought they could stretch tobacco and sort it and select it by the texture of their fingers and their sense of smell. I thought I could put them in the box factory where they could follow the lines in the grain of wood and be able to sand wood and, and do different types of things. I thought, let's give them a shot. And today we're proud to employ 37 people that are, and um, they do a wonderful job. I mean, they can't see the product, but they can stretch it. And they know exactly how far they can stretch these tobaccos, whether it be fillers, binders, and wrappers. They can feel with the texture of their fingers, the fermentation process and how far it is. They can feel because we use a braille system where we can actually use pieces of wood where it'll tell them how many inches the tobacco is. They can feel it with their fingers and they'll know exactly when to devein the tobacco and exactly what part of the process is to do it. And I'm glad that they've done a wonderful job. To me, it's not a handicap. To me, it's a blessing that, that I have them with the company. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of of our company is, you know, our average worker has been with the company almost 20 years. Uh, we've had almost 700 people retire from the company. And uh, we've all, we've taken care of them. And 
I just think that people that have a handicap can can work through it and you can train them. And it, it, it must be very demoralizing when you're sitting at home 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and nobody can give you a shot because you have whatever handicap you have. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I'm proud that not, it's not just me. It's our company where, you know, our guys have to train these guys too, where they took the time to train them. But I'll tell you one quick story that's pretty incredible. And Jose's one of them. I noticed that he would walk from the pre-industry to the bathroom. And I, I asked him one day, I said, how do you do that? He said, I count the steps and I count back. And if I need some assistance, somebody always assists, always assists me. But I know there's 53 steps from my stand to the bathroom. And there's two steps that I have to climb. And I know I walk and if somebody's in there, they'll help me. But I know exactly where I need to be at. And it's pretty incredible when you think about how people can do stuff like that. You know, it really is. So um, I'm glad I'm glad we've been able to do that. You know, that handroll project was was really nice. Uh, it was one of the, you know, when they had they had asked me two questions, it, it hit me like like a bucket of ice water. They asked me that I suffer in business, and I said, of course I did. I said there were times I had to eat at my dad's home because I had no money. Everybody that starts has to struggle. If they don't, something's very strange. And the, the next question was, what was the hardest thing you ever had to deal with in your business? And I said it was the death of my dad. And uh, I never really got to mourn the death of my dad. And I ended up starting, I, I cried. I started crying. I couldn't stop. And then you can envision I'm, I'm sitting in this position in front of me. There's 780 women sorting and selecting uh, fillers, binders, and wrappers. And three of them see that I start crying. I go, let's stop this. And they're like, no, let's keep it rolling, right? And uh, when they started bringing me the, the, the Kleenex, <laughs> it made it worse, to be honest with you. And um, but I, I just I'm blessed to have such a such a great work staff and really not just in, in Nicaragua, but here in Miami and and really having just such great such a great sales team and, and a great group of consumers worldwide that support our product together with our retailers. I have I have a lot to be uh, thankful for there. And, and I'm very blessed. That, that's the truth. You know, Nick, it's it, it's really funny describing your your experience in that interview because, as you and I were talking about before the show, and I and I said I was going to mention it, so I I will I will at this moment. This is an incredible moment for me um, to be able to sit down with you on my 150th take, a great milestone for me. But to sit down and have this conversation with you is really personal to me. You know, I, I was I was noticing someone in our chat who's who who said that you know they. Perdomo was the number one cigar, you know, that for one of the first cigars that he tried and fell in love with. And that's, that's what he smokes to this day. And while I certainly smoke a lot of cigars and enjoy lots of different brands and everything, Perdomo has a very special place in my heart because it's been very interwoven in my journey. Um, you know, before I worked for my Peacock, I worked for another retailer in Fort Worth, Texas, Perry Tong, Pop Safari, as you know, as well. And talk about giving a kid a shot. I knew I loved cigars and, and I needed, I need some part-time work and he gave me a job uh, as a waiter and he realized pretty quickly, I was a pretty shitty waiter. Um, and, uh, but he did notice what an incredible job and how much I loved being in the humidor talking about cigars with folks. And uh, my experience at the time was, you know, minuscule to it is now. And I, especially the company that I'm keeping right now, I, I still don't know. I still don't know very much, but in by comparison, but, uh, what I did know at the time was that a cigar that I could continually hand out and would perform time and time again, and it was a great experience. And it was a cigar that I love smoking were Perdomo cigars. 
And so knowing that that was kind of where I started in this industry and, and here I am with my own show, 150 takes in and sitting down with you is, is incredibly personal for me. And this is a, this is a, a, a beautiful moment for me. So again, I, I want to thank you one more time uh, for sitting down and having this conversation with me. Oh, thank you, Bear. Like my late father said, everything is attainable in the, in the greatest country in the world, in the United States, and you worked your butt off. That's why you got 150 uh, episodes. And I'm, I'm really happy that I could be part of it. Thank you. And it's one of that, and it's that quote specifically, and along with other quotes in, in during this hand-rolled documentary, Nick, that I kind of wanted to, to, to make note of, because, you know, for a long time, I've, again, I've smoked your cigars for a number of years. I even met you a couple of times before I witnessed this documentary and everything. And you're, you're always very, very kind, genteel, very approachable, but I, I, I still have, I, I still had this very much, uh, I guess the word is mystique about you, you know, always dressed to the nines. And I know we're going to talk about why you always wear a suit here in a few minutes, but it, and this is, this is all, this is a hundred percent on me and nothing about you. Like I said, you've always been an approachable person, but I always held you on in, the, in regard to, to where I just was like, I, I, there was just this mystique about you that I just, I couldn't, I didn't understand. And when I, when I witnessed that interview uh, in hand rolled it, it was an incredibly eye-opening experience for me personally, because as an admirer of yours and the cigars that you've made for years and the experiences that I've had with Perdomo cigars, I was, I, I was, I was, I was just as touched as you were when you were talking about the words of your, you know, the memories of your father and how rich those memories were in that moment. As you could said, as you said, you were, you were very emotional. You're caught very off guard by it. And, uh, and I was too, uh, because again, my entire view of you all this time had been Nick Perdomo in the suit and the incredible cigars that he makes. And here he is in a Perdomo t-shirt. I'd never seen you in anything but a suit. And you were talking about this incredible memory of your father and everything. If we could talk for a second about Nick Perdomo senior, he, he passed a lot, a long, a lot of words of wisdom over the years to you and some that you've shared tonight, some that you shared during that interview and have shared in other interviews that I've been a part of. Why is it that you, seems like a very silly question in retrospect, but why do you, why is it, do you think that his words echo every moment of every day for you personally? First of all, I love my father dearly to say the least. And he was my hero and uh, he was such a great example to, to me, Bear. You know, he was, he was tough on me, but it was, it was love. And I, and I always knew it. And someone always asked me, what was my greatest success? You know, what, what's, 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 what led to my success? And I said, it was listening to my parents. I learned from a young age, nobody loves you more than your mom and dad. And uh, my mom and dad were certainly great. My mother's 85 years old and still comes to work every day of the week. And, um, you know, with that, with that great example, how can you fail when you really think about it? And my dad was just so influential in my life. He worked so hard. Um, you know, to make sure my mom could stay home. My dad had three jobs all through elementary school. I could hardly see him. And he worked two jobs all the way till I graduated high school. And how can you not have a work ethic when, when, when you have a father like Nick Perdomo Sr.? Not only was he, he was just a very fair guy and he was a very loving guy. And um, I remember, you know, he was, he was big and people were afraid of him and 
he'd always go into the sorting rooms. He'd say, young men, and he'd be scared of him. And Mr. Perdomo, and he'd say, can you do me a favor? Can you open that up? My dad had great eyes, and he could color sort wrappers like you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe. And he would say, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes. And he would go to the boys and say, boys, how much do you make a day? And back in those days, they were making eight, ten dollars a day. My dad would grab a twenty dollar bill and he'd say, "You know what? This is for two days of work, and I want to thank each one of you for doing that work for me." All they do is just opened up tobacco. Their eyes would would be as big as 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 as, as, as pinballs, and and uh, they were just so appreciative. And I think I think that's where we we're, we're humble, we're noble because we're just so appreciative of what we have. Never in my mind would I have thought a kid starting out of a garage in 1992 would be able to do the things they're doing today that, that we've done today. But really, you know, I always say it, and it's really true. The greatest asset of Perdomo cigars is certainly not Nick Perdomo. It's our workforce. And I'm really proud of, of, of every one of them. And, and they just do such a great job. You know, um, I, I'm really proud of my son because I was just as hard on him because I didn't want anybody to say that's Nick's son. I wanted him to blaze his own trail and, and really do it on his own. But, you know, look, I always tell people who, whose wife doesn't need to be working right now. And a lot of people say your wife. And I say, yeah, and she works every day and comes in. It's just it's just a work ethic that, that my family has and, and our workforce has. And it really it just fires me up. And, and I, I love the industry more today than I ever have. And I've always loved it. So who would have thought that at my age now? They still love it. And uh, I really do. I love it. I love seeing the consumers. The last four months I've been on the road nonstop. And uh, it's been it's been wonderful, and everybody's, you know, out there. You can't fit a crouton in these cigar stores because people are so happy to to see you. And it's really been an honor and, and, and just such a privilege. That's the right word. Sometimes I got to pinch myself, honest to God, on uh, on how I do it. A lot of my competitors will say, "I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you you travel." I, I always say, "I don't know how you can't." Uh, these are the guys that put food on our table, and I'm I'm real cognizant about it, and I'm real appreciative about it, and. Uh, Look, nobody comes to me and says, I'm going to a funeral. I need a box of cigars. Or I'm getting divorced. If I get screwed, I need a, a box of cigars. Everybody's happy to see. And, uh, you know, the compliments you get, I mean, literally, it's it just it makes the, the hair on my arms stand. I'm just I'm just so thankful for it, honest to God. You know, it's interesting, Nick, you know, and, and that's something that I've heard from you on a number of occasions. You are you're incredibly and it's it's 100 percent sincere and genuine. The 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 respect that you have for your consumer, both 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 your customers, the, because the retailer is, in fact, your is your actual customer. But but you pass that respect on to the consumer who ultimately purchases your product as well. And and I've heard you say that a number of times. And and so it kind of it kind of just occurred to me just a moment ago that I mean was it because of the modest beginnings of Perdomo cigars like you said you started in a garage doing this as a, a side gig right you were trying to supplement your income and is that is that ultimately why you feel like you have so much respect for the for the end consumer as much as your own customer the retailer absolutely I remember the first time I, I saw someone smoke one of my cigars and I walked to him and I said, sir, are you enjoying that cigar? And he gave me a one word answer every time he said, yes. I said, I'm the manufacturer. He said, that's nice. And I said, I hope you enjoy the cigar. And he said, yes. And he pulled the newspaper back over and ignored me. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Tommy Boy with with, with Chris Farley. I, I turned around, I went like this. I was so happy. And my wife said, well, 
you know, what happened? I said, oh, the guy was a jerk, but he loved the cigars. I was happy. <laughs> I think when you build something and you have to work so hard for it, you're so appreciative. And uh, still to this day, that's why I, I, I personally call everybody if they have an issue. Um, I personally answer everybody on Facebook and Instagram and every email. I, <laughs> you can ask Juan Lorenzo or anybody. I personally do it. Sometimes I'm in, into the wee hours of the morning. My wife will tell you that. Um, we're sitting at dinner and I'm, I'm, what are you doing? I'm, I'm answering a consumer. Um, it's my life. It is. Those are the guys who, who feed my family. Those are the guys that I'm sitting in the car, but it's thanks to them that I have it. I, I don't take that lightly. And when someone wants that, wants a question and it's seven o'clock in the morning and I'm, I'm at the gym or whatever, I'm, I'll take a break and answer that question for that consumer. I, I want him to be satisfied. Not only is he deserving of it, but I want him to really, truly enjoy a Perdomo product and see the, the pride and passion it was, it was taken into making that product from every single worker at Perdomo Cigars, whether it be in Central America or in the United States, because every single one of, the, of our employees have something to do with that cigar. You know, so it, it's important for me. I think that when you, when you start so, so meagerly, you know, so humbly that if you're not humble, something's wrong. My dad always said, check the ego at the door. No reason to have an ego. I certainly didn't find a cure for cancer. I make cigars and I'm blessed that people can enjoy something that I love doing. You know, it's for, I mean, for a lot of folks, you know, the, the addition to Silvio is like your, is the ultra premium cigar offering that you offer, but Silvio is actually the name of your grandfather, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's true. Yes, sir. Yep. I, uh, so we, we made that in honor of him. Yeah. No, please. No, no, we made that in honor of him. You know, we utilized the top 1% of our crop. We started that as soon as my, my grandfather passed away the year after. Started that project out in 1998. And I've been religiously making 50,000 cigars of those because you just can't make many of them. I used them in traditional shapes that he enjoyed. And uh, so that's why you have a Robusto, a Toro, and the Churchill, and a Double Corona, which is a 758 by 50, because that was really the, the size. And um, I'm very proud of that brand. We can't make many of them. Right now, believe it or not, we have about three years of supply because we're repackaging the cigar and because of everything that's happened, we've been on a, on a big delay, but we'll have those cigars out again. And we've had those cigars literally in our aging rooms for over three years. And um, they're, they're just, they're really the best of the best that Perdomo makes. And uh, look, I'm proud of every cigar we make from Fresco all the way up. I know how much, you know, we play on a level playing field. We construct those cigars. It doesn't matter if the cigar is $3 or $30. We're going to construct it to the best of, of our abilities that God has allowed us to. And uh, we just want our consumers to happy. So it's really, it, it, you know, that kind of took my next question. It was really good that it was really great to see that, uh, that Silvio got to see the beginnings. I mean, really the infancy of Perdomo cigars before he, he passed, but um, I'm going to ask you another variance of this question um, in a moment, but uh, you know, if he, if, I know no doubt he's looking down on you right now, but uh, if he were here right now, what, what do you think he would say about what Perdomo Cigars has become? I think my grandfather's crystal blue eyes would have a smile from ear to ear. And me and my grandfather were like this. We were tight. And my wife, God bless her. You know, she, 
she would see us talking in the back patio and we'd be smoking cigars together. When I first married my wife, she spoke no Spanish. And she said, God, I really want to learn you guys what you talk about. And so and we talk everything from politics to the world. And uh, my, my wife diligently took a, a very constructive uh, English course. And today my wife speaks, you know, totally fluent. And, uh, and today, you know, after all that she's learned during that time, she actually got to speak to my grandfather and my grandmother. And that's a, a testament to the relentless that my wife has, not only being a, a great wife and a great mother, but just someone who always, you know, really pulls the same way and, and really want to learn how to speak another language. And today she speaks fluently. She talks to our to our to our company in Nicaragua. She she talks to all our workers and she does a wonderful job. And listen, being here in Miami, it always helps to speak a little bit of Spanish. So um, she does a great job. What a what a wonderful moment for her that must have been. Oh yeah, she got to speak to my grandfather, my grandmother, and uh, it was something. It was her dream because she knew how tight I was with my grandfather. We would sit on that bench and talk. I remember when I had my little factory on Flagler Street. I'd take aluminum foil. He used to like an eight by fifty cigar with a dark wrapper and a bunch of Lajero tobacco in it. And I would, I would, I would pack ten of them, ten to fifteen of them. He'd smoke ten to fifteen cigars a day. I never saw my grandfather without a cigar in his mouth till I saw him in the casket. And I still threw some cigars in there for him. And um, he would be so proud. I, 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 I know, I, I agree with you, Barry. I think he's down in heaven looking down on me, you know, yeah, up in heaven rather. Prior to, prior, to, uh, prior to him passing away, you know, we had a small facility in Flagler Street with, with 27 rollers. He would, he would freak if he, if he saw the enterprise today. I mean, uh, now we have 20 times the amount of rollers and we have a staff of almost 5,000 employees. I think he'd be very proud. But again, he was always a lover of the United States and always told me that how can you fail living in the greatest country in the world? You work your ass off and you're going to get anything you want. I never forgot that. And uh, you got to be lucky and you got to have a lot of faith in God. And those, these are things that, you know, I, I, got, I got from members of my family. So I was very blessed to be able to, to get that credence from them. You know, speaking of that credence, it wasn't, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of tough love along the way too. Your, you know, your father loved you very much. That's evident. You obviously loved him as well. And uh, I love the watershed moment that you shared in 1995 when you first called him up. I love hearing this story, but I want you to share it one, uh, for my audience as well. In 1995, you hit your first million. You hit a million cigars. You uh, told your father this. So I want to I hear the story again. Yeah, my dad was retired and I told my dad, you know, I told my dad that I'd sold a million cigars and he said, well, maybe you're not so much of a moron. Just jokingly, he was saying that he was a funny guy and uh, he wanted to come. He, he wasn't really big into the retirement life and asked to come on to work and who better than a, than a guy like, yeah, me and my dad, like I said earlier, we're like this. He was my hero and we worked fantastically for for a little over 11 years of, before he passed and uh, he was a, he was he he was he was a pillar in the cigar industry. Let me tell you, my dad helped so many people out. Still to this day, on the on the uh, on the anniversary of his of his passing, uh, they still hold a mass in Esteli because people just loved him and revered him because he was so good. He uh, just pretty much every baby carriage you, you see uh, mothers having during that time that my dad was alive it was my dad donating. And my dad uh, he just helped so many people because he grew up so poor in Cuba. And um, 
he saw how people had to struggle and he said, you know, I'm blessed that I can help. And since we're blessed that we can help, we should help people. And I've, I've never forgot that. And Janine and I co-chair several charities and so on. And uh, we think it's important to help people. Uh, we help our workers out. And, you know, I just don't like talking about it much. I just think that if you do something for charity, you do it because it comes from your heart. You don't have to publicize it or do things. I mean, we've, we've been instrumental in helping our soldiers out for the last 20 years since Desert Storm 1. This is probably the first time I've talked about it in front of an audience. Um, I do it because I serve my country and I do it. You know, then, you know, people try to help the troops out and they have to have a press release for it. Well, if you have to do that, it's not because you want to help out our guys. You help out our guys because you, you genuinely want to. And I know what they have to go through when they go out to these countries where there's no women, there's no liquor, there's no nothing, but, a, you know, but they only get coffee and they can enjoy a cigar. And I literally have tens of thousands of pictures and, and letters and people saying, you got me through. And you want to talk about PTSD? This will help PTSD more than anything. I've had people tell me they were going to kill themselves and they got a cigar, you know, and they, they lit it up. And it just seems like the trail of smoke once it was leaving their lips was the stress that was going out from, from underneath them. And I, I never forgot that. And I always thought, you know, that would be a great thing to do. And, um, and I think we, we did a lot of great things and uh, I'm blessed. So I think you have to give back. Yeah. Heard a wise man once say, and I, I try to carry it through uh, in things that I do, which is we're going to be talking about charity in a few moments as well. But, you know, if you're going to be blessed, be a blessing. And it's certainly like you've, it certainly seems like you've done that. Well, let me tell you, I've been blessed. I think it's, it's, it's the right thing to do. I know it sounds like common sense, but um, listen, there's no pockets in anybody's baskets. If you can help your people, you can. I think we're, um, we're instrumental in that and the reason why our workers stay so long we have an incredible profit sharing program where we divvy up our profits at the end of the year for our, for our employees they're extremely happy about it um safe harbor extremely great 401k program that we have i mean listen our workers have taken us to the dance and i think we have to take care of them also you know what i mean and i think you get a, a much better employee who's a happy employee and we're blessed that we're able to do that Absolutely. You know, you spoke about the, the, the reverence that people had for your father and uh, his passing. You know, so I, I was actually, uh, you know, I remember reading it at the time a while ago, and then I, I revisited it uh, recently, which was the, your father's obituary. One of one of one of I'm assuming were probably several of them written uh, in Miami. And, you know, you know, in the times that we live in now, everything's on the Internet, which is great because it allows people to comment and, you know, give their best wishes to you and your family. Uh, during that difficult time and and I went through those some of those comments and there were so many people in the industry like you said competitors competitors there was even a couple of judges and of course your own aunt his sister with very touching words to say about your father I mean he truly truly touched so many lives I mean from top to bottom family non-family alike and and it, it uh it, it's it, Again, it just, it has to be, it ha that, that had to be a, a very warming moment in, in that tragic, and during that tragic moment for you. First of all, my father passed away in our home. We had over 50,000 people who were outside our, our, our neighborhood. And I remember they were selling water and, and sodas. And I was angry. And I said, look, if they're making money off the death of my dad, my general manager said, Nick, put his hand on my shoulder. He said, what would your, 
dad said he saw these young kids out there and i would say well he would say they're they're good young capitalists he said you think your dad would be bad if they were doing that i said probably not because he always wanted everybody to, to have a, a fair shake and i said you're right but he was that well loved if you can imagine it's since 2004 and they still hold a mask for him every year and there's still guys that have his mask card from the first time he passed away still on the rolling tables and i look at that and it's hard not to bring a tear to your eye when, when you see the love that my father had, but my father never yelled at anybody. He would just put his glasses down. He was, uh, he was just a wonderful guy. Not because he was my dad. He was just a, he was just a great human being. He just, he, he just loved everybody and people loved him and he had, a, he respected everybody. My father treated the guy who cleaned the garbage, the same guy as he, as he, as he treated his general manager. And he always told me every single person is of importance and every single person is relevant and uh, every single person's essential. I wish our politicians around our country would understand the people, everyone's essential, you know, and, uh, and we're big believers in that. Jeez, Nick, that touched me. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's beautiful that, people still that he means that much to people still you know almost uh coming up on 20 years of his of his passing you know I, yes i i asked you a moment ago about your grandfather silvio and what he would think if he was here today um and i i know that i know that his grandchildren was your was your father's pride and joy he loved his grandchildren um just as much as he loved you if not more you know how, how, how do you think he would feel seeing your son nicholas the third in the business, the way that he is now? He'd be walking on water right now. He'd be so proud. He used to call Nicholas Mr. Wonderful and he was a little, when he was a baby. My dad was such a good grandfather. I remember he'd say, you know, if I knew you guys, if I knew grandchildren were so much fun, I would have skipped you guys. He, he loved his <laughs> grandchildren. He really did. He's a, he loved to spoil them. I mean, he, he was a disciplinarian on me, but boy, if I tried to whack the kids or anything or spank him he'd jump in front of me and say don't touch his kids i'd say dad i gotta discipline him if i don't discipline him i'm gonna have gang members here i gotta i gotta discipline you know spare the rod spoil the child you taught me that he said not in front of me he didn't he never liked the grandkids <laughs> getting getting spanked in front of him that was for sure <laughs> talk a little bit more about your son in a few moments but again just to close out the subject on your father necessarily but you know, it was, it was his, it was very much his decision or, or great influence that, that led to this incredible move that uh, the Perdomo cigars made from that shop on Flagler Street, as you mentioned, to uh, this little town that now everybody knows, but no one at the time knew called Esteli in Nicaragua. And, you know, uh, when he, he took you down there. I remember hearing you recount the story of saying, uh, hey, Dad, what, what are we doing here? And he, he pointed down to, the, to, your, to your feet and he said, look, look at the grounds. And uh, when, he, uh, when he pointed this out to you, Nick, I mean, what, what, did you have any idea what was in store for you for the next 20 years? Definitely not. We start out above a, a police barracks. But, uh, yeah, and I, I'm a kid that when my father, when my family came from Cuba, we live in a very small blue collared town in, in, in Baltimore city, which is now unfortunately a war zone. But, you know, I remember meeting a, a police homicide uh, detective from 
Baltimore City. He showed me a picture and he said, you know whose house this is? And I said, that's the house I grew up in. He said, who slept in that window up there? I said, my brother Billy and I. He said, well, I caught two kids there that were killed in that bedroom. Not so bad from a kid from Curtis Bay. And I said, well, I was blessed at the, the tutelage I had from my family. And I was also blessed to be born in this country where I was I was able to work my work ourselves out of that situation. When I grew up there, it was it was a great town. It was blue collar, mostly firemen and police officers, hard workers. But of course, like a lot of a lot of cities in America, you know, have gone downhill. Uh, Baltimore, unfortunately, was one of them. And I have a deep love for Baltimore because it's where I grew up until I was 11 years old. But, um, you know, things happen. You know, with the move to Nicaragua, um, you know, that that also kind of started the, the process that became the completely, I mean, vertically integrated. I, I think it doesn't even necessarily do justice to what Perdomo Cigars does. Uh, I mean, you guys are 100% vertically integrated. And when we say 100%, I mean, we're talking absolutely everything from the seed to the packaging to the final cigar product that's uh, now uh, now in our hands and that we're, that we're smoking tonight. Um, you know, was was it your father's influence that led to this decision or was it something that you wanted from the very beginning in in those days in the garage uh, when you first started out in the early 90s? Well, well, 1998, I was just getting tired of ill-fitting boxes, boxes that weren't sanded properly, tobacco that, you know, especially from, I'm not talking about, the, you know, but from small farmers that you know, weren't treated the way they were supposed to be treated. I, I, I decided latter part of 1998 that we were going to become completely vertical so we could control our destination ourselves under the tutelage of our workforce. It was the best move that I ever made. And uh, everybody supported me and the company on it. And it's really what kind of differentiates us from others that we're, we really handle, we even make our own staples. Forget that we make our own cellos for for cellophane and, and, and emulsions and silk screens. I mean, we really touch on everything and it it makes a huge difference. And that's, a lot of people visit some factory tours always say, I've just never seen attention to detail like this. I just don't understand how you can't, but I can if you outsource everything and, and, and you can't really see it from the beginning to the end. And I'm blessed that literally we work everything from A to Z and everybody on the team really pulls the same way. And um, I think my dad did a great job instilling the mindset of always trying to satisfy our consumers and our retailers. And we've never deviated from that. And vertical integration has been paramount for Pernama. It was the best thing we ever done. One of the things that is is a staple. Speaking of staples, a staple of Perdomo cigars, and 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 it's really funny how late I came to this realization. Um, considering, just considering how I how I feel that I'm incredibly well read on the industry and everything. But, you know, you you all were really the first. Um, you know, it's a it's a big trend now. But you really are. You all were really the first to do um, fermentation and aging in uh, with the use of bourbon barrels. And this this was also uh, this was also spearheaded by your father as well. Uh, talk about how the, the introduction of this process made its way and has now become the backbone of of, of your production. Well, we started this again in 1999. We got our first 12 barrels of uh, bourbon barrels from from a company called Buffalo Trace at the time. I think they're still in business. But uh, yeah, I'm drinking it right now. What, what it happened? 
Yeah, great. Well, what happened was it wasn't the infusion of bourbon that we wanted in the cigars, but, you know, bourbon barrels have a couple things that, that, that work really well with tobacco. First of all, they're not varnished, so the tobacco can breathe. The second thing is bourbon has a high sugar content, as we well know. And what happens is when we deposit, whether it be the fillers or binders and wrappers, what it does, it gives an extra fermentation period because the free radicals of the alcohol penetrate because they're, they're stuck in these barrels. They're also charred. The charring is like a filtering agent. It's charcoal is what happens. And basically what it does with the wood, the tobacco gets another fermentation period. It builds heat. And three things happen. Not only does it ferment, but the co colors start caramelizing. The tobacco core of flavors start rising because you're really starting to taste the tobaccos because those tobaccos are caramelizing and the sugars are starting to beat up to the top. You get darker cask of hues, which is exactly what we want. We want it to be a nice, even penetration of colors. And the bourbon barrels provide all that. It's, it's time-consuming, but I think it differentiates our cigars. Because remember, we actually develop the seed. We grow the tobacco in greenhouses. We grow the tobacco out in the fields. We cure that tobacco in our own curing houses under the watchful eyes of a Pernomo employees go into our own fermentation. We ferment that tobacco with 100%, whether it's fillers, binders, and wrappers, or light mediums and strong tobaccos. And then every one of these wrappers, regardless whether it's a Pernomo Fresco or a, or a Pernomo 20th anniversary, are gonna go through the bourbon barrel aging process. And I think that if you follow those steps from A to Z, it's called the process. I called that process a long time ago, even before my friend Nick Saban used the word. And what that does is if you follow the processes of doing everything correctly, you're really going to have a happy consumer and a happy retailer. And that's what we do. And it's made a huge difference in our cigars. We're going on 22 years and almost a thousand bourbon barrels that we have in the facility. It makes a huge difference. And we're really happy that we do it. And we actually do it on every single cigar we make on the wrapper process. You know, when you first told me that, Nick, about uh, the, the frescoes actually even going through this process, I mean, it is, I mean, again, it goes go back to this, this model of consistency that uh, that Perdomo Cigars has been, because I mean, anyone who smoked a fresco will tell you that, well, it's certainly a different blend than some of the other offerings that you have in your portfolio. Those cigars are just as consistent from the way that they look to the way that they smoke as the Edison de Silvio. I mean, it is, it is really, it is really that, uh, that consistent of a product, which, you know, you don't really, you really, you've, you, well, frankly, you just don't see on the market today. I mean, they're, they're called bundle or value sticks for a reason. They're, you know, they're less expensive that they're typically, you know, they're typically not as, as good of, you know, good profit, either performance wise or look wise. But I remember you even telling a story about how you actually picked up a fresco once, and you're like, "Why is this a fresco?" And and so one of uh, one of your one of your employees actually pointed out, like, "Oh, don't you see that blemish there on the on the the small end of the foot there?" And and you, I mean, you really had to look for it, and you and you still couldn't find it. Well, I'm I'm glad our workforce looks at all these pinpoint things. You know, it's like a pendulum. If you don't keep if you don't keep it right rock solid the center on every product you make there you're going to have deviations people are going to say well this product might not be as good as the product you might not be as good as. and you're, what you're, what's going to happen is you're going to have chaos and you can't do it you got to make everything the same way regardless of price point because if you do it that way one guarantee is going to happen you're going to have a happy consumer 
and you're going to have a consistent product. And people are always talking about our construction and, and so on and how it is. It's very important. The most important thing for us is the dosage and the blend and the flavor of the cigar to make sure it's consistent. That's why brands like Pernomo Reserve Champagne have been out for 21 years. That's why brands like Pernomo Habano and Lot 23 have been out for two decades. I just don't throw things on the wall and hope they stick. I want something <coughs> that someone can smoke time and time again for years for years to come. It's like Brian Jensen in Houston at Great Discoveries. I'm sure you know him. He distributes a lot of cigars around the text area. Brian has religiously smoked at least a dozen Perdomo Champagne Churchills for the last 18 years. And I always try to offer him something different in my portfolio, and he has no interest. And he said, I've been smoking cigars a long time. I love a consistent product. This cigar tastes the same time in and time out. It's what I like. And that's music to my ears. That's exactly what I want to hear from our consumers, regardless of the, of the cigar that we make. If the cigar tastes identical to its blend. And we're so pinpoint on that we don't even use regions or valleys. We use lot numbers in the actual regions and valleys so we can pinpoint the exact blend because nothing's more frustrating than smoking a cigar you like and smoking another one next time. It doesn't taste the same because tobaccos can vary from 10 feet increments depending on what side of the pitch it is, if you're near a stream and or so on. So <laughs> we're really pinpoint on that. And the second thing is construction. Cigars got to burn and construct and, 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 and smoke wonderfully. If it doesn't, you're, you're ripping off the consumer. And the third thing is every damn cigar should draw. And we have a technology today to make that happen. And, and it's a huge investment, but it's pennies on the dollar for what our consumers uh, you know, deserve. I mean, we can draw test up to 18 cigars per second. There's no reason why any Perdomo cigar shouldn't draw. If you have that technology and we have it, so we're going to keep, we're going to keep enforcing. We're going to keep trying to get better. And uh, I'm always thinking of ways how I can make the cigars better, how I can make the flavors linger longer and roll on your tongue and do so-and-so. And I'm, I'm anal about it because I just, look, my dad left the ship in the right direction. I'm not going anywhere soon, but I want to leave that ship in the right direction for my son and for Arthur. So, um, you know, I got a lot of responsibility on my back and I want to make sure that the cigar moves, moves ahead. Cause remember it's got my last name on it that I'm real proud of. It. And I definitely don't want to disappoint my late father, my grandfather, anybody in my family for that matter. You mentioned the word responsibility. And that's something that I was just about to lead to. So that was actually perfect. You know, Lito Gomez of La Florida Minicana said to me one time that he, he felt a responsibility to the end consumer, much like you do. One time someone told him, like many people in the chat tonight have said, oh, I love this cigar. I love this cigar. This is, the, this is my cigar. This is the cigar that I smoke every day. And Lito Gomez said to me one time about someone who, who recanted a similar statement to him. He says he feels a responsibility to that person. It's clear that you have that same responsibility to them as well. And and it's it's proven time and time again as we light up Presomo cigars every single time, that consistency that we've been talking about all night. No doubt about it. And um, that, that's a correct statement. And we want to make sure that we consistently deliver our cigars to our to our retailers. And uh, we've been blessed. We've been able to, to do that. And uh, we just have a wonderful team. And our, the guy who runs our operations, Nelson Kiva, makes sure that, that our consumers are getting their cigars when our retailers are ordering them. And uh, and we're growing because of that. And really the whole team 
together. We're just we're just so united, and I'm just proud of all of them. I think this is my last question before we go into a couple of fun segments. But uh, you know, it's always I've for the most part I've always smoked uh, smaller gauge cigars. It's always kind of been my kind of my wheelhouse. You know, the Robusto and Corona is kind of typically my jam for the most part. Um, you know, with one fine ex, you know one one fine exception being a lot of your cigars, which happen to be bigger gauges. Now you've, you've never shied away from that. You've, you've always kind of been I mean, before it became even a trend, you've never been afraid of the bigger gauge um, in manufacturing cigars. Why, why is that? Why were you never afraid of, uh, of the bigger gauge? Well, I prefer to make smaller ring gauge cigars. It's much more profitable, contrary to what people believe. You know, you can make, uh, you can make a thousand rebooses with, with 32 pounds of filler, but if you're going to make a six by 60, it takes 70 pounds of filler. Hence, I can't charge you double for a six by 60 to rebooster. So people leave I'm making bigger sizes because I want to, but they're actually less profitable for the company. The reason is that some of the dosage or blends that we come up with need bigger ring gauges to provide the flavors that you guys are requesting. I take a lot of input not only from our from our sales team, but from you, the consumer, and what you're looking for. Look, Lanceros, it sounds great, are about eight-tenths of 1% of all the sales. If I sold Lanceros, I'd be homeless. I can't. I have to sell stuff to what the masses are requesting. Um, there are a lot of wonderful cigars in the 52, 54, 56, up to the 60 ring gauge. And you have to work for what your consumers. Look at the 70 ring gauge market. It's continues growing and it's getting bigger and bigger. I, I did it in the mid nineties at a brand called Immenso that I did 26 years ago. So there, I'm, there's no secret to, to the 70 ring gauge. And I remember starting the 60 ring gauge in, in the latter part of the nineties. And I thought, well, this will last for about three to five years. And today we have about 63 pairs or 126 rollers that are making six by sixties. You know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't increase our prices in that S chip. We absorbed that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. proud of that too. You know, those, those are things that, uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of our consumers have seen and a lot of our retailers have seen, and that's why we continue expanding in the humidors. And I'm really proud of that. That was one of the uh, proudest moments for me as a, as a, as a retailer is when, uh, when you, you pat you made that announcement that you were pass you were absorbing the S chip tax and you were you weren't going to pass that along off to the consumer or to the retailer and you were going to completely absorb that. It's one of the one of the finest moments for me to uh, to, to to share that with to share that with consumers. So I'm glad you brought that up again tonight. You know, Thank Nick. You. Yeah, I'm proud of that. We grew our company because of it. That's wonderful. You know, Nick, I, I want to go into this next segment. Like I said, we're going to go and talk a little bit more fun here. Uh, and a lot of people have been screaming about it. You mentioned the Immenso a moment ago. A lot of people have been screaming for you guys to bring that back. So hopefully that uh, that may that makes its way back into uh, to humidors uh, uh, before long. But uh, um, 
wanted to go into our next segment, which has been a really popular segment for a few months now. And it's, of course, brought to you by United Cigars, uh, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living United. And this is, of course, our one must go segment. So for those in our audience who are unfamiliar with this segment, it's uh, this is just for fun, guys. Nothing really, nothing serious to be happening. We're just going to have a little bit of fun. And uh, the idea here is I'm going to pose Nick here with three items and he had one must go. One has to be gone forever. So um, again, this is just for fun. This isn't really going to happen, but it's, it's kind of nice to think about. And Nick, I told you before the show that they, the choices that you were going to be presented with are, are, are essentially trademarks of yours. So it's going to be a, hopefully a, a fun decision, but a little bit of a difficult one. So uh, I wanted to go ahead and present it to you. So here are your choices for tonight. One must go. So the suit, the stash, which actually you've been sporting a goatee as of late, which is a little bit of a different look than we're normally accustomed seeing, to seeing with the, the iconic mustache that you have. Or the single malt scotch, which I know you're a fan of. So I went a little, little, a little bit of alliteration today. The suit, the stash, or the single malt scotch. Now one must go. Now these are all trademarks of yours. Uh, things single that you love. Scotch. Easy, easy for you, huh? <laughs> yes. As much <laughs> as I love it. Listen, I wear a suit really, and I know a lot of consumers know about it, but my 85-year-old mother who I love dearly always when we went to church would all we'd always wear a suit and tie because my mom said you have to give reverence to God so you, I always want you to wear a suit and tie when you go to, to, to church and when I would go and do events I would wear Y of Air and, and things like that my my mom said Nikki she called me in the office because I want you to do me a favor and my mom never asked me for a favor and I said yes mother and she said I want you to wear a suit and tie when you go out and see your consumers because they deserve that respect and I want you, that's the only thing I'm asking you for. And I want you to honor that. And I said, Mama will. And uh, that's why today, 28 years later, I still wear a suit and tie everywhere I go because I don't want to dishonor my mother. And even to this day, somebody will take a picture of me in a cigar store and wherever I'm at in the United States. And my mother will always say, she'll, she'll text me. She'll say, Nikki, I'm so proud of you. You're wearing your suit. You're honoring your consumers. And how can I not honor my mother? and not do that so that's why i wear the suit so that's never going to go and the stash i've had that since i was uh literally you know three weeks out of the womb i can't get rid of that so <laughs> and my wife likes the mustache so happy wife happy life so if i had to take the choice as much as i like the single malt that would have to be the one to go so I mean, you were allowed to sport a mustache in the, uh, the when you were a member of the armed forces, but I, I do remember seeing a picture of you in the navy without one. Now, did you did you sport it quite often though? Even though uh, you, you shaved it from time to time in the when you were in service? No, I, I I never shaved it till till my times in boot camp because you had to shave during boot camp. But as soon as boot camp was done, it came right back. Because in the navy, you were allowed to have a mustache. Matter of fact, back in the days where I was in the navy, you were even allowed to have a, a full beard. But then they took that out. But uh, yeah, it was you had a full beard in the early '80s. A lot of sailors had mustaches and beards. Interesting. I didn't know about the beard thing. I, I know that the yeah. uh, mustache. My my father was uh, uh, served in the United States Army, and and I I asked him. My my father's always been clean shaven, always, which is, it it's uh it's it's always funny because I have this beard here, and uh, he he uh 
he always wants me to trim it down. He never asks me to shave it. My mother asks me to shave it routinely, but my, my father never asks me to shave. He just wishes that I would keep it more trim. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, going back to the suit, though, I want to go back to a time. Uh, I think I believe it was the second time that I met you and you were in town in the Dallas Fort Worth area for uh, the Alabama game that was being uh, played at the Dallas Cowboy Stadium at the time. And, uh, and even though you were in town to watch a game, I don't think you necessarily wore the suit to the game, but you of course paid a visit to your good friend, Mike Peacock. And of course you were wearing your fame suit and tie just before you're going to a game. So I, I have to ask, did you, did you actually change or did you wear that to the game as well? No, I changed. <laughs> I went back to, to an Alabama hoodie and uh, an Alabama ball cap and some sweatpants and tennis shoes. But yeah, I just when I when I go visit my my retailers or or my consumers, my mom said always being your Sunday best, and I'm I'm very comfortable in a suit. But I please for the guys out there, don't think that I'm I'm constricted because I wear a suit and a tie. Believe me, I'm 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 the most knock around Joe you'll ever meet in your life. A friend of mine during my 40th birthday, this was many years ago, had a rose from me, and he said, you know, I'll tell you what Nick Perdomo is. I remember that I had to paint my house down in South Dade. He lives 40 miles away. Him and I were in service together. I called him to help me in a paint party and uh, to help me paint my house at 7 o'clock in the morning. So Nick lives a little over an hour away. And at 6.45 in the morning, he was sitting in my driveway. That's the type of guy he is. And he helped me paint that house. And all my friends, half of them never showed up. That I that that I had asked and requested for them to come, but but he did, and I'll um especially for my friends, I'll I'll do anything for them. But uh, yeah, I wear the suit and tie. It's it's just out of respect. It's not because I'm, you know, I, I think I'm really a respect thing, and I think people know that. Oh, and I can absolutely attest to that, uh, Nick, as Thank I you. mentioned earlier, that you are you're very, you're incredibly approachable. Uh, always Thank have you. been, and and. Uh, and I, I think I just like I said, I think it goes back to to your to your humble beginnings and, uh, you know, working out of a garage and, and building the Perdomo cigars to what it is today. And, you know, you, you've you've built an amazing number of relationships over the years. And one of the most recent relationships that you've you've built is 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 with a man that you shared with me uh, earlier today. And that kind of goes into our next segment. But before I just want to thank everyone for participating in the one must go segment. Of course, it's always as I mentioned before, it's always brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana. Uh, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, and their highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living united. Now, the, one of the relationships that you've built over the number of years is with the man that you shared with me earlier today, Javier Holtz. Um, and uh, it, it going into our next segment, which we've done this recently in the number of weeks uh, since my birthday when I announced this new segment, I'm asking my guests, my guests each week to spotlight and highlight a nonprofit of chair or charity of their choice. As you mentioned, you're you're incredibly involved in a lot of charities, particularly in our armed forces. But you you chose tonight to spotlight and highlight the Diabetes Research Institute Foundation, and it's your good friend Javier Holtz, who you've known for years, who uh, kind of inspired this choice tonight. So. Um, I, I before before you kind of go into that story, I wanted to share a, something really great that's going on with this incredible foundation uh, right now. Uh, I encourage everyone to go back on our Facebook page, and I'll post this link here in just a moment where you can actually uh, actually 
choose to donate tonight. And I really encourage you to do so because the uh, Diabetes uh, Research Institute Foundation is actually matching all donations up to two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, by December 31st. So what a Merry Christmas gift it'll be for this foundation. So please, uh, if you can, uh, we ask that you give generously and give often. And uh, we ask that you give uh, tonight to the Diabetes Research Institute Foundation. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about Javier and why this this foundation is is so close to your heart. There, I lost you. Janine? Can you not hear me, Nick? I hear you now. Thank you. I hear you now. Oh, I was just mentioning about the the matching that the Diabetes Research yeah, Institute Foundation. Yeah, I heard that part. Yeah. So I, I'd like for you to share now your your relationship with Javier and why why you chose this foundation to spotlight tonight. Well, one of the things is because diabetes kills so many people, and Javier is a good friend of mine here in the Miami area, and his son uh, uh, suffers from type one uh, diabetes, and uh, you know, Andrew has struggled, and I, I've seen what the family has had to go through and how supportive they've been. And I've also seen what a great charity this is and how much it's helped, uh, you know, people. And, and listen, this is a charity where not a penny goes to anybody in salary, and this goes directly for research. And uh, it's just something near and dear to Janine and I's hearts and how many children suffer from diabetes, even young children and how they can help with the equipment and more more importantly, the research and the really trying to overtake this terrible, uh, you know, this, this this kills almost as many people, maybe if not more than even heart disease. And uh, we need to find a cure on this. And listen, Gene and I are mostly co-chair a lot of children's charities, whether it be cancer or, or, or eyesight and so on. But this is, this is the new baby for us. And, uh, if you, if you get a chance to take a look at the link, you can see Javier actually talks about it with his son. And uh, I promise everybody out there, it, it, it's a worthwhile charity put my name on it. It wasn't. I think you guys know me, and I think it's a, it's a great cause to help a lot of people, young, middle-aged, and old, that are, that are tragically dying from diabetes. Absolutely. Um, what an, like I said, what an incredible foundation it is. I was reading a little bit, a little bit more about it, and so just so I could learn a little bit about what it's about. And I, I was really pleased when I saw, and I read a quote from one of the board members, who said that we are, we're, we're working to, we're working to eradicate the uh, the disease of diabetes. They want to continue this work until they, they're working to shut the lights off. That was the quote. We want to shut our lights off, basically, completely eradicate the reason for this foundation. Uh, and why it exists to begin with, and uh, it's 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 clear that they're making strives to going forward with it. And, and on the video that you shared, which I'll show share here in a moment in, in the chat, you uh, they actually talk about how uh, even in this time during COVID, they're they have not slowed down one bit. They are continuing their hard work to 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 try and find a cure for this deadly disease. Um, you know, this was a, you know, you're a very family oriented guy, as we've talked about many many times during this uh, interview so far. And it's it really touched me too that this this foundation was actually formed by a number of South Florida families uh, back in the early '70s, and it's continuing its great work today. It really isn't, you know. Nobody in my family really suffers from diabetes. My wife's family, my father-in-law had it, but that's not the reason that, that we're in there because our families have 
they've had any problems with, di with diabetes. It's just, I know so many diabetics and I know what they have to go through, whether it be insulin or losing a foot or an arm or having, you know, it's just, it, it's, a, it's a terrible disease. And I really think that this foundation has done a phenomenal job and I see where the monies are going to. And that's the thing that I'm most proud of. And any charity that I'm involved in, if it's if it's somebody taking a big salary or there's a lot of overhead, I, I really lose interest in it. It's something like this where I know it's going directly to the people and directly to research. It's something that's essential. And I ask everybody, I don't care if you get five or ten bucks, everything helps when you when you accumulate it. And listen, let's let's find a cure for this thing. And uh, they're making big inroads. And uh, I'm really happy about seeing that. We see these incredible doctors that are volunteering a lot of their own time to try to to try to suffocate this terrible disease i think it's it's phenomenal i asked the cigar community to help us out i know we're we're a charitable group and we do a lot of things that we don't get credit for but this is something i ask you all of you to please help it's very very important and uh, javier and the holtz family they're great people and they're near and dear friends to the Pernomo family and there's no reason that, that i would ask for something like this if i didn't believe it from my heart it's really terrific. Thank you so much. And uh, again, we're encouraging everyone tonight. If you feel so called, please uh, give give often. And this is an incredible organization. I'm posting that video link right now in the chat. Uh, please take a look at it. It's an incredible story. Javier's story is incredible. And the work that this institute is doing uh, to eradicate this deadly disease is just unparalleled uh, compared to uh, some of the other organizations that I've seen. Great organizations out there, don't get me wrong. Uh, but this is why I really love this segment. And I'm really pleased to do it because it, it, it's been, you know, it's been really eye-opening to see what really is, you know, really is close to our hearts of of our guests and everything. And and it's been it's it's been, like I said, it's just been an incredible experience, seeing what people are feeling called to spotlight, to highlight, and to raise money for. And uh, so they're matching up to $200,000 uh, by December 31st. And uh, I'll be making a donation later tonight. Um, and uh, Thank as you, I. Sir. Absolutely. And as I've, I've pledged to give to every found every foundation and every charity that's going to be mentioned on my show this year uh, for the next 12 months. Um, I, I, money, unfortunately, doesn't grow on trees and I don't have much to give, but I, I am pledging to give to every single charity. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to give to this one. I'm really excited for the work that they're doing. You're a good man. I know what you've gone through and I really appreciate it. Really, you know, you mentioned him already just a brief moment ago, but I, I wanted to take the time to, to spotlight, you, you, you know, you also alluded to the incredible tenure that your employees have with Pernomo. And this is a, uh, you know, for those who aren't aware, this, the premium cigar industry historically and typically is an industry of, of relatively high turnover. You know, a lot of people, you know, change companies or a lot of people come in and out of the industry and, it, you know, and there's a lot of turnover in, in this particular industry, but Perdomo Cigars has been kind of an anomaly, if, if you don't mind me saying that, Nick, in, in the sense that you guys really hold on to your employees. And you've alluded to a number of reasons why here in a little bit, um, uh, you know, previously, excuse me, but 19.6, I believe, is the is the average is the average tenure of your employee. Is that correct? 19 point almost 19.8 now but uh yeah it's uh, i'm very proud of it. and it's it's an anomaly that i'm extremely proud of you know and one of those one of those team members is your good friend and long time uh and long time uh, i guess teammate is a really not a 
very just term, but I'll, I'll use it here in, in, in any case. But Arthur Kemper, your vice president, uh, who's actually next in line to take over the company. Um, and he has been, he has recently celebrated 20 years with the company. Now, as you mentioned, you're a very family oriented guy and, 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 and your son, Nicholas III, your wife, Janine, your father before him, uh, your brother as well. They're all members of this company that work work just as hard as you do to make sure that uh, Perdomo cigars are great from seed to cigar. And Arthur's been with you the almost the entire way. What was it like to celebrate the, his his recent 20th anniversary with the company? And and uh, you know what's that relationship been like over the last two decades? It was touching. Um, not only is he a phenomenal man, but he's also a phenomenal family man, a great father, a great husband, and just uh, what a teammate to have. And that, that's a great analogy. He's, he is a phenomenal teammate. Um, there's no, uh, the word no doesn't exist with, 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 with Arthur. He's just, um, he's really remarkable. I, I never use the word amazing much, but he's really amazing. He's takes a lot of stress off my plate and, um, you know, Bear, when you have a guy who loves your company as, 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 as much as, as you do um, and, and fights for it every day, I mean, that's such a special employee. He's, um, he's more an employee. He's like, he's like a member of my family. I love him, and I'm so proud that – and I'm honored and privileged that he's been working for the company for 20 years. And uh, he's, he's like a bottle of good wine, man. He gets better with age. I'm, we're really proud of him, and I know my whole family – loves him. My son Nicholas was called a Mr. Arthur until about three years ago. And I thought he was a great example to my son. And I think he still is. And I think my son, as a matter of fact, I know it. My son looks up to him and has a tremendous amount of respect for him because he deems it. And uh, we're very blessed to have him. And uh, I wouldn't trade him for anything. So, tell us a little bit more about Arthur's story. So how did he start with the company? Did you, did you, did you bring him in as this right-hand man from the very beginning, or did he kind of did he kind of work his way up to the position that he now holds for you? Look, Arthur's the great success story. He started from the bottom and, and went up. He was a retailer club humidor in San Antonio, Texas. Comes from a great family himself uh, with his mom and dad and his sisters and his late brother. And uh, they're just honorable people. Um, and, you know, sometimes a great leader sees – sees great opportunity and also sees something that's special and he was something that was special from an early time on uh, we brought him on initially to, to to retail a store for us in st thomas and the virgin islands it didn't come through but i certainly wasn't going to lose him he had just gotten married and uh he really walked the walk and what happened was um he just kept building himself up and i said hey if you stick next to me i think there's you're going to go to places and i uh I remember the alarm company would call me up and say, hey, there's a guy working. It's 930 at night. And I'd look on the phone. It would be Arthur. He wasn't doing it and tell me, hey, I'm working till 10 o'clock and try to get credit. I would have never known about it. One for the alarm company. This is a guy that just he's a workhorse and he's relentless, like like many of us are. But he's just uh, he's just got it. He, he has so many great attributes from. From, you know, just being not only a great family man, but not only a great employee, but a great teacher, a great salesman. I mean, he's made our sales people better. Um, the packaging that you see, I really got to give him the credit for it. Um, the merchandising, the ideas where him and I have, have spent 
countless of hours. Uh, I, I'm, I'm more proud of him than, than I ever have. I really love him dearly. My whole family does. And um, I, I'm so proud of him. Listen, I've had workers that work for me for over 20 years, 25 years, but uh, he's really, he's really so special. I could, uh, I could brag on Arthur for months if you wanted to and tell you the stories on how special he is. Uh, he, he's, he's a great right-hand man. I trust him with everything in the company. And uh, that's, a, that's, that's about the greatest compliment I can give to someone. And uh, I think when, when I, when I go out on the, uh, you know, when I, when I go out on, on the retirement path, uh, I think we're going to be on great hands. He'll be the next president of our company. And, uh, and he, he, he'll, he'll, he'll lead us, he'll lead us right in the right direction and continue uh, helping us grow. I know we've mentioned your wife, Janine, who's worked by your side all these years. And I know that you guys are incredibly proud of your, your family, uh, your children. Um, and, uh, you know, your son now has joined, uh, joined the company formally, but he's, I mean, he's been with the company, let's just face it, since he was a child as well. But uh, Nicholas III, now the, your, your, national, your national sales director, you know, talk about a little, little bit. When did, when did he, for, to formalize this thing, when did he first come to you and said, you know, Dad, I, I want to be a part of this. You know, what was that conversation like? Or was it a conversation at all? Did it just transpire organically? Yeah, that conversation started when he was like six years old, to be honest with you. And uh, we, we, he, he worked his ass off in Nicaragua and, and he wanted to learn. And I said, look, if you want to learn, you can learn. And he spent a lot of summers with my dad and Aristides Garcia and Sarah, Sarah Gonzalez. I mean, three icons in the industry. And uh, he just loved it. And I remember bringing him to the trade shows when he was younger and I'd always give him the toughest customers. And I said, you're going to walk the walk. And he's really done every single, we talk about the, there's 3,054 steps. He's done every one of them. He's uh, from, from planting tobacco and emptying containers and going out on the road. And let me tell you something. I'm very proud of my sales team. They've known him since he was a little kid. And now they work for him and they've all taken to it for, you know, perfectly. I remember John Allen, one of our salesmen, which you know, said he's not your normal 27-year-old kid at the time. Uh, Nicholas is really more comfortable, you know, being with somebody of our age, you know, or my age, you're a lot younger than I am, than he is his own because I brought him everywhere. And I, I trained him, look, it ain't easy being Nick Perdomo's son, I can tell you that, because I was hard on him. I didn't want anybody to say, hey, he's Nick's son. I wanted him to really blaze his own, own path. And I was tough on him purposely, maybe a little too tough, but I did it because I wanted him to earn it. And he certainly did earn it. And I'm proud of him. And he's a phenomenal director of sales. He, he, he works at the best sales team in the industry. And he's got these guys clicking on all cylinders. I think they have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's come up with great ideas. have been extremely profitable to the company. For example, the bag display that you see all across America. My son designed that together with a retailer in Lakeland, Florida, believe it or not, who worked in the public's supermarket chain and he said dad give me a shot on this and we did and today it's been a humongous success for the company and my son designed that and I'm, I'm really proud of him he's, he's just relentless in his his work uh, attitude you know normally they always say you know your son is either going to make your country company or destroy your company I think my son's going to continue catapulting our company and under his tutelage in the last two years sales have continuously climbed 
Uh, we had a record year the first year under his under his leadership, and this year is the record of all records that we're having. I got to give him a lot of credit, so I'm very proud of Nicholas. And I'm also very proud of my daughter, Natalie, who's, who's finishing up law school. And uh, who knows, she might be helping us out with FDA legislation. Um, she's super sharp. She's doing extremely well at the University of Miami. Uh, both my kids are married. I, I love them both. And I'm extremely proud of both of them. They're fantastic. And I also love my son-in-law and my daughter-in-law. So I'm a real blessed man, Bear, let me tell you. No, it it definitely seems it seems as so. It, it's kind of, you know, you mentioned the pride that you have in children. I'm a I'm a father as well, and while my my children are are, are much younger than yours, I, I I really look to you and a lot of the fathers, and mothers in this industry, uh, for the the the, uh, the reverence that they hold for their own children and the what they expect from them. they want. They, they love them unconditionally, yes, but they want great things for them and they encourage them in the best ways possible. And some, you know, follow their parents' footsteps and some don't. But no matter what, what I've seen is the the unrelentless passion and love that they have for their children. And you're no different. And it's 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 plain to see why your children are successful as they are in their chosen endeavors um, because of the example that you and Janine set, you know, we met, we've mentioned your wife, Janine, a couple of times, but, you know, Janine's not just, again, to mention your words just a second ago, you know, you didn't want Nick to be Nick's son. You know, Janine isn't just Nick's wife. She's blazed her own trail in this industry as well. She's been recognized by by her peers and she's been recognized by other outlets as well as, as a, an incredible uh, pillar of this industry. What is it meant to, how is it meant to you to see her grow as well as you during these these past 30 years and what you guys have built together incredible we've been married almost 32 years she's a wonderful wife and a wonderful mother uh she's been with me through thick and thin believe me when you start a business i'm not telling you something you don't know we went through a tremendous amount of struggles she was there with me every day whether it was to get a second job while we were struggling i mean listen nothing's easy uh i remember that you know, I worked for 17 years without taking a day off. And that's nothing special. Everybody who started a business has done the same thing. But my wife, instead of complaining, was always supportive and always with me thick and thin. And even these days where we're at right now, we're one of the largest cigar manufacturers in the world. She diligently comes into work every single day. And um, has been a great example for my children. Not only is a great mother, but also is a great provider. And I'm equally as proud of her. She's a wonderful woman. And uh, she's she's my backbone. And she has supported me and my business from, from day one and continues doing it. So I'm really blessed when you look at everything that I have. God has been so good to me and, and to our family, Bear. And listen, I'm proud of you, too. I, I look at your Facebook post. I see you and those kids and how proud you are, too. So I know you're a hell of a father. And I know how much you much love that you have for your kids. That's why I tell kids today. Listen, just honor your mother and father and just listen to what they have to tell you. Nobody loves you more than they do. And I'm not telling a lie. I'm telling the truth, right? I mean, really. No, I I, uh, I, I pass along something to my son every night. That's something that my own father said to me. And and I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite get it until I became a father. But my, my, my father used to always say to me, now don't, and he would, he would close every phone conversation. Every time he would say goodnight to me. Every time that he would leave for work, he would always say, son, don't forget how much I love you. 
it's awesome. I do the same thing. My dad did the same thing with me, and uh, I, I trust and I have no doubt you're, you're doing the same thing with your kids. It's, uh, it's so influential, and there's nothing wrong with telling your children how much you love them every single day, and that's a great thing that your dad did and does. Absolutely. The, uh, the, uh, the, la the last thing I wanted to mention, uh, specifically about your, about your family, Nick was just, you know, we, we talk about the legacy that they're, that they, that your son is elected to continue, uh, working alongside with you and, 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 you know, Natalie may choose to do the same thing. Um, you know, and, and you've, you've built up such a legacy, like I said, you know, over the last, you know, almost 30 years at this point, and as you've mentioned several times, you're, you're, you're nowhere near done. You know, if we could play play some lemonade on this 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 incredible difficult year that it's been, you know, what I have noticed, you mentioned my Facebook posts recently. I, you know, that's something that I've actually noticed about yours is you're you're able to spend for the first time in a long time, you're able to spend a lot of time with Janine, and uh, and it's it, I, I got to tell you very per, very personally, it, it it's actually it's actually meant a lot to me personally, and and to see someone like you who's been able to really enjoy their time with their spouse when you again you've worked so hard your entire life and you you haven't been able to spend that much quality time with her and now you've been able to do it what has this time meant to you as a, as a family man since you are so family oriented to finally give back finally give that time that you weren't able to because you've been working so hard all these years well it's been great we've all spent a tremendous amount of time with each other even before this because we all work together you know i'm i'm in this unique situation where my brother works for me. My mother works for me. My, my uncle, you know, he just retired 87 years old who, who worked for the company. Um, my son, you know, I get to see my family every single day at the office. Uh, what a blessing that is. And because Natalie is, is uh, at the University of Miami and they're doing everything by, by computer now. She's in the office every day because she doesn't want to stay home. So how blessed am I? I literally get to see my wife, kids, my mother, my brother every single day of the week. And I'm good with that. You know, working with family is not easy. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I've been blessed. It, it works. It works great for us. And we work wholeheartedly. So, I mean, I spent a little more time because I haven't been able to travel much, you know, but as much as I, I normally do, um, the last four months, finally, I've been able to get on the road. Thank God I test. I, I test negative. And uh, our factory, thank God everybody in Nicaragua has been fine. We really had no, no COVID cases I've even known about around the area. So um, if you've been to our factory, everybody will tell you our factory is antiseptic anyway. I'm a germ freak as it is. So, um you know, we freeze everything. Our, our rollers have to wash their hands seven times a day, basically on every hour. Um, and, you know, I'm proud of that. And uh, we, we held really, really healthy standards. We have our own doctor on board and we provide very good medical attention to our workforce. But thank God nobody's been ill, whether here or, or in Nicaragua. And we continue working harder than ever. And uh, listen, we're Americans. We, we fight through everything we always have and we'll fight through this. And, all I can tell you and the audience is every one of you are essential. Don't let the government ever tell you you're not essential. That's a bunch of crap. Absolutely. You know, Nick, I've got a couple more questions to close out the evening, and then we'll have our final question here in a moment called our curveball segment. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I always want to take this time to thank my guests because it really means a lot to me. 
uh, Sundays are always are always family day. And, uh, you know, even in the time of COVID and everything, again, time, time with family is even just as precious as it is when you're on the road, you know, you know, you know, 40 weeks out of the year or whatever. But it really means a lot for you to sit down with me tonight, share your journey, share your thoughts, share your opinions and uh, and 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 bless my audience with uh, with all your words of wisdom. So I really just want to take the take a moment again to thank you for all the time that you've given me tonight. It, it truly cannot thank you enough it's beyond words how how grateful i am for you so thank you well thank you bear it's beyond a, a pleasure to talk to you and, and, to, and to the audience out there it's more so a privilege that i'm able to do this so please it's it, the thanks comes from me so you mentioned the government just a moment ago and and, and one would be remiss not to mention the, the while it's the FDA has presented a lot of struggles and a lot of challenges for you and uh, your colleagues in the industry, all of us from consumers alike uh, to the manufacturers uh, like yourself uh, over the last few years. But we did have a great victory earlier this year. We've had a number of victories actually in 2020 for the cigar industry, starting with the warning labels and most recently with uh, basically the not getting rid of. So it's certainly not going anywhere, but basically putting aside for the time being. Uh, this, you know, the substantial equivalence that would need to uh, be put forth by a number of companies. Um, now, you're in a very unique position because, you know, substantial equivalence actually was not going to be as challenging for you as it was going to certainly challenging in itself, but it was not going to be as challenging as it was for a lot of other manufacturers uh, because of the, again, the consistency and, and the, uh, the amazing products that you guys have churned out for the last 20 plus years. But even with that decision, I mean, did this, did this, did this have the relief on you that it did on so many other people in the industry? Well, a little bit, of course. The, the, the government regulation is never good for anybody in business. Um, look, we did everything from the from the get go uh, correctly with the FDA together with with our law team. We we never we didn't spare any expense, and we wanted to be up, above board on everything. And we hit we hit the ground running as soon as this hit. Arthur Kemper, my wife Janine, they put a tremendous amount of man hours together with our with our lawyers to, to get this done and we're blessed today pretty much every single brand that we have our whole portfolio is grandfather which means our consumers are going to be able to enjoy our products for years to come uh without government regulation and our retailers are going to be able to probably continue selling all their Pernomo cigars without government regulation because we did everything the right way and uh, listen i started from a garage so i don't want regulatory damage on anybody for that matter any of my competition because i know how hard it was to start like like they are but um, i'm proud that our company did everything they needed to do and did everything the fda requested and because like you said earlier our brands have such longevity it really didn't affect me so much except the amount of paperwork to prove that i've been in business for so long and that i've had these brand marks for for so long and, and we've got it through, but it was a tremendous amount of work in the last five years that we've been working on this. And But uh, thank God we see light at the end of the tunnel, you know, with, with, with this regulation, hopefully, you know. I, I remember a quote that you said uh, during an interview that you gave uh, where you were talking about government interference in business. And you said, you know, there's a lot of reasons why one should go out of business. Uh, this is to quote your words or, and if I'm paraphrasing, I apologize, but I believe I got it right. You know, there's a number of reasons you should go out of business, and if you, that's if you make a poor product or if you're disingenuous. But uh, you shouldn't be put out of business by your own government. You know, 
am I am I capturing your words accurately? And how do you feel about that? If I am spot on, I think that when you're when your government, you know, someone asked me who's my biggest competition. I say, unfortunately, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer is you know, and it's hard to beat those guys because you know they they have the purse strings, but uh, um, and they believe in regulating and, and taxing every business to oblivion. But you know, our business is so tiny. And I don't want any business, big, small, or large, to to be regulated. Let businesses continue. Let them prosper. They 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 produce a tremendous amount of, of of employment, and their employees are very happy to work for these companies. I mean, <clears throat> business is the backbone of America. And now you have politicians trying to destroy it. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, they are. You you hit a spot on there. You know, it, it really is. Uh, it really is tragic in a lot of ways that you know, you know, companies that haven't been as diligent as you and haven't done that, you know, the the Perdomo way, you know, for for all these years, or even younger companies that you know just haven't had a chance to do it the quote unquote Perdomo way, or even something cl- something close to it because of the longevity that they just don't have uh, in comparison to you. It it really is tragic that we were actually really looking at and still are to a certain effect looking at losing, you know, parts of this industry simply because, you know, an, an entity wants to govern it and has absolutely no idea what they're talking about. It's like the ingredients listing. I mean, we use distilled water, fruit pectin and, and air cured tobacco and some other tobacco products have tens of thousands of chemicals. And I remember the inspector called me up and the book it was this thick and I wrote three things and he said, where are all the chemicals? I said, we don't use any. And he said, well, where's all the ingredients? We don't use any. Those are the only three things we do, air-cured tobacco, distilled water, and a fruit pack that they use and everything. It's to seal the cigars. So he said, I thought cigars were like cigarettes. I said, that's why you work for the FDA. You know, so. Um, <laughs> what did he say to that? <laughs> uh, he didn't say anything, but uh, it, it's true. They don't, they have no due diligence. All they're looking for is taxing and regulating and and that's a shame, you know, but we'll, we'll continue fighting through it. That's the only thing we can do. And now with, with a lot of these cities who have bankrupted themselves by shutting everybody down for so long, um, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to come after getting, you know, every states that, that did things right to pay for it. But unfortunately with this new administration, you and I are probably I think your audio is cutting out a little bit, Nick. Can you say something? Yeah, I uh, my uh, my my headsets went out. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's a little faint. So I'll try to talk as loud as I can. I've I've lost the they've they've gone out of power. No problem. No problem. We're on our last question anyway, Nick. This is real. This is really. This kind of goes hand in hand with FDA, obviously, with the uh, the release of the uh, the Pfizer vaccine now to the uh, now to the public. Um, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot of those people take back take these vaccines, and and uh, this kind of is really uh, looks looks to be like the signal of the beginning of the end of uh, of this uh, this tumultuous year that we've all been a part of, and. Uh, uh, 
Um, so, you know, with that, even just a few weeks ago, you know, the cancellation of the PCA trade show was still very raw to a lot of us. And the, the, the PCA trade show for 2021 was still very much in flux. And, but this kind of, this kind of paints a, a nice little bright light at the end of the tunnel that potentially we, we, we could have a trade show in 2021, even, uh, where even a couple of weeks ago, it, it, it didn't look very good. And we're certainly not out of the woods yet, but do you think that there's going to be a 2021 PCA trade show? I hope so. I've been a member for 26 years. I support 100%. I, I hope we have the TPE show also, which was a was a, a huge success for us in May um, of this of, of, of this year. So uh, I'm sorry, January of this year. So listen, we want to we want to go out and see our retailers, and we want to show them our new goods. We we have a set of new goods that are coming out here pretty soon. So um, we're hoping that that's that that both 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 shows are going to be they're going to they're going to be up. Uh, hey, we get, we got to get the country rolling again. Um, we can't keep printing money. Uh, Bear, your children, my children are going to be paying for this, and we can't be irresponsible for this. And um, I'm hoping we get back to we can get back to work. Uh, my state is is wide open. Um, things are going good, and you know the media keeps telling cases are going up. My my son-in-law's mother's the head of uh, the neonatal department at the second biggest hospital in the city of Miami, which, <laughs> as you know, we have a big city. And the press keeps saying that the beds are full. Of, they're, they're not full of COVID. They're full of people that have cancer because believe it or not, people still have cancer and heart disease and diabetes. Not everything is, is COVID. And we've been putting this on the back burner and we need to start talking about depression, suicide. And I don't really want to get too much into this, but it's about time we start we start moving hopefully this vaccine will, will start turning things around but uh it's unfortunate how the world's changed because of this you know i'd hate to be on the dating scene right now and seeing a girl in a mask and trying to figure out what she looks like you know <laughs> so, yeah. absolutely well good news is on the horizon it seems and uh we're looking forward to uh, a tpe show and a 2021 pca trade show as well me too Nick, to close out the evening, this is my curveball segment, and I call I call it my curveball. It's more like a it's more like a softball typically, but I think I've come up with a, a pretty interesting one given our our uh, recent discussion that you and I had around vitolas. And I noticed tonight that uh, I finished my uh, my Perdoma Reserve um, Sun Grown Tenth Anniversary, and I'm on to now the Maduro, which I'm enjoying very thoroughly and loved the Sun Grown. It was absolutely incredible, totally worth the wait, as I had alluded to earlier. Yeah. And the Maduro is certainly delivering as well. Uh, I, I think so far, I, I will have to say that I am favoring the Sungrown, which typically is not very typical of me. Um, but uh, they're both incredible. I'm really enjoying these cigars uh, and look forward to smoking uh, more and more of them. Um, and, uh, you know, I know they're selling out, but hopefully I can get a little bit on the inside and get uh, get a little bit more of them because they, uh, they are certainly, uh, certainly fantastic. Um, but my curveball segment has to do with Vitolas. Now, you and I had a recent discussion on an interview that I, I had I had the privilege of taking part of with you with my good friend, Will Cooper of Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition. And we were talking about the difficulties of rolling a torpedo cigar. And I noticed that that was the Vitola that you chose tonight was the torpedo. And so this is this could be a difficult question for you, considering you, I know how much pride that you take in every single cigar that your that your company manufactures. Um, and you already kind of uh, you already kind of alluded to how much of a fan you're, you you like Lanceros, but as you mentioned, you 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 certainly can't feed your family off of them. 
But if there's a torpedo that, or excuse me, torpedo, if you could get rid of a single Vitola in your current portfolio for any reason, any reason to, to your liking, which Vitola would it be? Oh, that's a hard question because we're blessed. We don't really make a lot of different sizes. Most of our cigars have a five size line. And um, we've really truncated our size. We've gotten rid of a lot of sizes. So, um, oh, geez, I love them all. I love Robustos. I love Toros. I love Churchills. I love Gordos. And, I, of course, I love Torpedoes. That's hard, but I think a lot of the, you know, I think a lot of the sizes we got rid of, uh, you know, if we had a Lancero, I think that's the one that we get rid of, to be honest with you. But, I figured uh, that'd be the answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. You know, sorry against my Lancero lovers, all six of you, but. Um, you know, it's, I think the sizes we have are the sizes are in the sweet spot and, and, and be told us, and that's what people really, really like. And, you know, I used to have seven sizes, eight sizes. I've really truncated them now to really, I only have five sizes. The 10th anniversary champagne is the only one where I have a tubo, which is a 50, uh, I'm sorry, a 46 ring gauge. And I have a Corona, which is a, a, a 44 ring gauge. So love that. Um, and they, they yeah, and they, they sell extremely well, and uh, but everything else I'm good with. So, kind of a hard question. I'm sorry, man, an answer to your liking, but I, I did my best. Trust um, me. My answers are all uh, all my answers tonight, Nick, have been to my liking. I figured that was going to be your answer, but I decided I would throw. I thought I'd throw it out there, considering our recent discussion about torpedoes and how hard it is to make them, and and unfortunately. As we talked about in the previous interview, it's it's sad because, as I mentioned in that interview before, I'm I'm just not a fan overall. I'm very picky when it comes to torpedoes, just because I just I don't feel that a lot of them a lot of them are manufactured well. Uh, yours being one of the exceptions, obviously, to that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you tonight, uh, but uh, much like every other Vitola that I've ever smoked of yours, incredible. Again, to the word we've the word of the night, consistent and 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 in performance and and. Uh, and uh, and in construction it's just a it's just a fabulous cigar and so i i wish a lot more people would actually make them as well as as you do and a couple of other folks because i i think it is a it is a lost art and it's 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 something that's very frustrating for for a smoker that um you know especially one where i love all vitolas i definitely gravitate more towards like the robusto and corona as i said earlier which i love that champagne corona that you make um but, but you're you're spot on. There's been a lot of bad torpedoes made, not by Perdomo, but just people don't understand how to finish the head of the cigar. Um, I'm certainly not going to go out of my way to, to try to help that, unfortunately, uh, for our com competition. They, you got to really take your time with them, and it's not a speed brush to make these cigars. But, uh, look, I was blessed with my father, uh, Sarah Gonzalez, who made Monte Cristo number twos at HM, and who's our factory manager. She's the one who really uh, built the torpedo lines for us. We've been making torpedoes since 1992. Uh, we've had really no complaints on them, um, but there's a certain way you got to make them and you got to take your time. And uh, you really got to think of that consumer. And if you do, I think you can make great cigars and great torpedoes. And uh, I, I invite customers to try our torpedoes. I think they'll thoroughly enjoy them. I love them. I, I second that, absolutely. Well, Nick, this has been this has been an incredible, incredible take. And I, I, I can't again, I can't thank you enough for uh, spending uh, spending uh, over 
over uh, over two hours with me this evening, uh, just telling me about your journey, telling me about your story. Uh, I really want to encourage everyone. I just uh, talked about how how much I enjoyed them tonight. I really want to encourage you. If you guys have not tried the new uh, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Sun Grown and the Maduro varietals, you really, really must go out and try them. If you can find them, they are selling like hotcakes. Um, but uh, as as Nick do, has done his entire career, he's going to continue to produce excellent cigars. So they will find their way into the humidor uh, eventually, and, and and for you, and you definitely need to pick them up. These were these were incredible cigars tonight. Thank you, Nick. Well, thank you, Bear. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the consumers for staying up late and uh, and, and listening to us. I really appreciate it. As we bid everyone adieu, good night. We thank you so much for your tuning in. Again, as Nick mentioned, thank you to everyone who stayed up late with us, all your comments, all your likes, all your shares. We do really appreciate it. Be sure to stay tuned to our Facebook page, El Oso Fumar, for upcoming guests. We're kicking off the new year, 2021, with our top 10 cigars of the year. And we've got some upcoming guests that will be listed here shortly. Tune into our YouTube page as well, El Oso Fumar. And if you are listening to us uh, later on, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you download, subscribe, and review. And if you already are a subscriber, I really encourage you to unsubscribe. But please, don't forget to resubscribe, because that really helps my numbers, and that actually helps me bring on amazing guests uh, like the iconic Nick Perdomo uh, tonight. So thank you all to everyone out there. As always, I'm Barry Duplissy, live from the HF Barcelona studios of Euless, Texas. This was our 150th take, and what a milestone it was. Thanks to our special guest, Nick Perdomo. We'll see you next time.